After leaving his small New England town for college, George Young dives deep into the booming marijuana market of the late 60s, but years later graduates into the dark and gritty world of Colombian cocaine. As business escalates, so does the violence and George's use of the drug in question. As the 70s turned to the 80s, George finds himself juggling his roles as husband, father, and drug trafficker while all the while trying to keep the cost off his back and his head above water. Welcome to another feature presentation of Midnight Double Feature, and on this episode, we'll be covering 2001's Blow, directed by Ted Demme. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Midnight Double Feature. Tonight, we're going to be covering 2001's Blow. Directed by Ted Demi. Uh, Zoheb, how are you doing this evening? This morning for you, I guess. Yeah, well, it's just uh, ticked over to afternoon. So, um, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good. Um, yeah. What? So, <laughs> this is a weird one. Like, like, before we get into it, like, you know, let's do our fucking socials and all that thing, all that shit. But I would love, uh, number one, my, the main question on my mind is, why the fuck did you make me watch this movie? <laughs> have you have you never seen this before no this is the first time for me oh my god um man that like to me this this was like a this was like a staple like 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 growing up like when i saw this i was probably oh god i was probably like 15 16 years old and like this was right up there with stuff like you know, you watch this, Goodfellas, Scarface, like like shit like that, you know? Like it was it was up there. Um but I, I that's that's that's, so that's weird. A, that surprises me. You've never seen it before. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was telling you off air <coughs> sorry. Um I was telling you off air, I, I really like um, you know, movies about the cartel and shit like that, man. Like I this is like that's kind of like almost in my wheelhouse, man. Like I love that shit, like the crime shit. Like, man, uh, like I don't have to tell you and remind you again that Sicario is my favorite movie of all time, and that fucking is all about the cartel. So, like, I I love that that kind of like subgenre of crime films. But um, this one, this this is just one that like flew under my radar, man. Like I had never even heard of George Young either. Wow, that's fucking crazy. I mean, I I really. I mean, I hadn't really either until this movie came out. I'm sure, like most people, um, I'd heard of pa- Pablo Escobar. I'd heard of Norman's K. I'd heard of you know the, the the cocaine boom in the '80s and stuff. But but no, I didn't know like the specifics of it. And I mean, there's definitely some historical inaccuracies inaccuracies with this. I mean, it's a fucking movie. Um, but all in all, I was like, it, it kind of. Something about it carried over from last week's episode about just this crime kind of element. And I was like, I kind of want to do something that's like crime related, you know? I was like, I want to do something that's like heisty, crimey, druggy, smuggling. I want to go out and rob a sh- fucking bank. Yeah, right. I want to. <laughs> I want to snort some coke and, and rob a bank and clip somebody's uh, peekaboo. <laughs> But yeah, I um, well, I tell you what, I, I you you go first. You tell me what you thought of this because I mean, it's my pick. I obviously like the movie. I think that's kind of like a given. But I want to hear what you think first. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. Look, I'll, I'll get to my thoughts. But we didn't even fuck out. We we just jump right into this. Bitch. We didn't even plug <laughs> our social fucking medias. So, <laughs> guys, we're about to get into our thoughts on fucking um, 
what's this movie called again? Blow? Yeah, Blow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know what it's called. Uh, we're about to get into our thoughts on Blow. Uh, so just before we get into that, uh, letting you know, full spoilers, uh, we're going to go through it uh, kind of sequentially. Uh, we're going to talk about it scene by scene um, and, you know, get into it, you know, get into all of the, I guess, the themes and whatever the fuck and make just silly jokes and all the other hijinks that we usually do. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, this is what's called a feature presentation. We also have our upcoming attractions episodes those are usually hosted by matt and um usually have me on um and those are basically news episodes that we just kind of like talk bullshit about um and you know talk about the new trailers you know give our little short reviews on what's out in the cinema right now uh we just saw john wick 3 so we reviewed that as well um check that out that's on the feed now um and we're also we also have our special features as well, which is kind of like our sort of like one-off sort of special episodes. Um, I, I think, Colin, I think I have a, a new one sometime coming soon, um, like seeing as Game of Thrones just finished. I'm hoping to have Jill back on. Nice. So, yeah, she's awesome, dude. Love to have her back on. Um and guys, be sure to follow us on socials. We have our Facebook page, which is Midnight Double Feature, and we have our uh, Facebook group, which is the after party so feel free to jump in on that basically that's where we post all of our memes news and previews of what's to come next on midnight double feature um love that community that community is thriving love it uh Mm -hmm. also we're on instagram which is at midnight double feature which is another awesome platform that we're on love that love that page and we're on twitter which is at mdf pod um and Please, please, please be sure to review us on iTunes. That would be fantastic. Uh, if you think we need to improve, just tell us where. Tell us what areas. Uh, and, you know, if we need to improve, be honest. Just give us fucking one star or give us two stars or whatever the fuck you feel like we need. Um, that would be awesome. But the bottom line is that we would love to just get your feedback. So if you guys could do that, that would be awesome. Now, Blow. My thoughts on Blow. <laughs> I thought it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's okay. so I think I think it's if I saw it back in 2001 uh when it released um and you know take away from the fact that I was, you know, fucking 8 years old. Um if I saw it as a 25 year old in 2001, I think I would have liked it a lot more. I think it's kind of like suffers a little bit because of because recently there's just been so much coverage of the Medellin cartel. Like, do you know what I mean? There's been so oh, many yeah. movies, so many TV shows that have popped up and I'm, I'm, they're mostly like fucking quality TV shows and quality movies, man. Yes. Like you mentioned Narcos off air, dude, like Narcos is incredible. Those first two seasons. I haven't seen the others, the others yet. Um, have you have you seen those two seasons? I actually haven't. I, I, it's one okay. of the few like I'm admittedly a, t- a TV ignorant person, um, yeah. but it's one of the few TV shows. I'm like whenever whenever I like get sick or whenever I break <laughs> break another bone and I'm out of work for like a week, I'm gonna sit down and like binge this show. You know? Yeah, it's uh, dude, it's incredible. Especially those first two seasons, Ben's really good, really good. Um, but another uh, another film actually that as I was watching Blow kept coming to mind was a movie called American Made. Have you heard of that? Oh man, that sounds really familiar. I don't think I've actually yeah. seen it, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so American Made is a movie starring Tom Cruise, uh directed by Doug Lyman. Uh it came out in 2017. I'll read you the 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 plot synopsis, right? It's very similar 
Um, and I think, in my in my opinion, I think it did, like told the story a little bit better. Um, it's not the same guy, by the way. So Barry Seal, a TWA pilot, is recruited by the CIA to provide reconnaissance on the on the burgeoning communist threat in Central America, and soon finds himself in charge of one of the biggest covert CIA operations in the history of the United States. The operation spawns the birth of the Medellin cartel and almost brings down the Reagan White House. So it's a bit, it's a bit, um. It's a bit more on the political side of things, like it goes into the CIA and stuff, but it, it's it still deals with a lot of what Blow does. Like I'm talking about, like trafficking drugs illegally, uh, trying to do it, you know, under the radar, trying not to get fucking caught, or like you know, trying not to uh, get on the fucking Medellin's bad side. You know what I mean? So it it, it does a lot of what Blow did. But I think, in my opinion, better. And I think when I watched it, when I watched American Made, I think watching American Made before Blow was kind of, kind of putting Blow at a disadvantage, uh, because I guess you know there weren't movies like uh, like American Made back uh, in that time in two thousand one. So, but yeah, man, look, I thought I thought it was, I thought it was decent. Like it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I think the story of George Young is a lot more interesting and and a lot more engaging than the actual filmmaking of the movie. Uh, I don't think, dude. When <laughs> who's the director? Is it uh, Ted Demi? Right? Yeah, Ted Demi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the name Ted Demi came up, and I was like, "Oh, Ted Demi, the guy who directed fucking Silence of the Lambs." And uh, I was like, "No, no, that's Jonathan Demi who passed away recently." Um, how much do you know about Ted Demi, dude? I did a little bit of digging in him into him. Uh, not a lot. I know that Jonathan Demi is actually his uncle. Um, oh, okay. There you go. Fucking yeah, there you go. I know that he he died <coughs> like right after this came out like of yep. ironic ironically he had a heart attack and there was like cocaine in his system i was like oh wow that's wow that's crazy right um, that's what i was gonna say like like he died on january 13 2002 while playing a celebrity basketball game um and he collapsed he died of a heart attack which may have been related to cocaine um actor michael rapaport from fucking prison break <laughs> He was one of the participants in the game and missed a taping of fucking Dinner for Five or some shit. I don't know why this is saying that, but that's not very relevant. Um, Demi was cremated, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, man, like, that's that's crazy. Like, that is wild. The fact that he died just so recently after this film came out. Awesome. Like, like I was about to say awesome. Jesus. Fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, like, right after this motherfucker comes out. Like, man, that's, that's like, that's crazy. It's, like, almost some spooky shit. It's like, ugh, that's kind of, that's kind of ominous, you know? It's eerie. Yeah, it's eerie as fuck. Um, I think <clears throat> this is one of Johnny Depp's better roles. Um, I think this was... This was this was two years before Curse of the Black Pearl came out, so this was two years before he kind of hit that. Like he was already famous, but he this is before he became like fucking a list megastar, you know. Like this is before stratosphere shit, right? Exactly. So, I mean, like he'd already played Edward Scissorhands and all that shit, so he was already pretty famous. But, um, I thought he was good. Like I, I didn't really. I think it was tough for me to connect to the George Young character. Uh, and and sort of like Johnny Depp's sort of portrayal of him, like it was just a bit, nah. Like I'm not really buying it. Like I'm not really, I'm not really into it. And then like that kind of suffers when you get the character, like Penelope Cruz's character. By the way, an hour into the movie, like yeah, like 
Like I was just like, where? I messaged you. I'm like, where? Where is the Spanish titties? Where? Where are they? Like, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, uh, like I couldn't really buy their relationship, and yeah, I don't know. But then again, man, like I compared it to American Made, but in my head, I keep comparing it to movies like Goodfellas and Boogie Nights. And those movies do this so much fucking better. I like I I can't help but compare it in my head, and it just like it it just kind of fell away for me. It, uh, like blow did. So it's it's a decent movie. It's it's fine. Um, I was really surprised as to why you chose this over the other movie that you were considering, which we're not going to talk about. Because I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, like what? <laughs> How did those two even like stand up in your mind, like next to each other? <laughs> yeah, but uh, look, that's my thoughts, dude. What do you think? Uh, like, give me your thoughts on Blow. You obviously like it. Hit me. Well, I. It, it's funny because like there, this is like kind of, um, like I said, there's a large like following of movies like this, Scarface, Carlitos way shit like that. Um, especially Scarface are like around where I live. A lot of people love Scarface. I, I personally think Scarface is like one of the most overrated movies of all time. I just don't really enjoy it. Um, but what's so funny is like um, seeing people that I went to school with who like idolized this movie and this dude and were like, yeah, I'm going to go sell drugs, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, I mean, I'm not growing up. I knew a lot of people that sold drugs. Like I just did. I went to school with those people and it was like, I went to my high school was like 1600 people. Like it was like a lot of fucking people. Um, so at some point, like I, I just knew all these people. I grew up around them, you know, um, it, and just everybody knew everybody. It was kind of like a small town, um, a smaller town, but uh, it was so funny seeing the, you know, the, um, the, the, the Johnny Debs and the, um, you know, the Tony Montana's and stuff that get idolized. And these guys stories are just about like the rise and fall. Um, and it's it's interesting though with like with George Young though because they 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 kind of like um, I'm trying to think they like heroize him like so much in this like like even though this guy I mean if you, if you really want to break it down um, on like a moral scale and say well you know this guy helped fund one of the worst you know wars in in, in human history between you know the the the, the Medellin car- or the cartel and, and all these um you know like all the communist rebels and 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 all this other stuff like if you want to get into that you can but he just comes across as like so charming and so like so like free spirited that we kind of like forget about that and I, and I do think that that's one thing that um we only get like a little touch of in this is um like the violence surrounding all this there, there's really not anybody ever like killed except for one dude and but when it does happen you're like holy fuck like it's brutal um but i i really really like this movie and i don't love it as much as i used to like i used to put this like up there like this was this was probably like my top favorite 50 movies and I, and I think it still might be but it's just kind of like lower down on the scale somewhere now it's not as high as it used to be um just just because there are there are some things um you know it, you can it's like oh yeah this was definitely made in like the early 2000s you know so like there's 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 some stuff that like doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. And they they punch up a lot of this. Like, they punch up a lot of the story. Um, like, this woman at the beginning, Barbara, like his, I guess, his first wife, for lack of a better term. Like, I, I'm, like, 99% sure she didn't even exist. 
Um, I can't find any record of her anywhere. And like I, I did some some diving today online and there's a lot of people on, you know, message boards talking about George Young who were like, dude, I can't find any information on this woman. And and it's a biopic and stuff like that is going to happen for sure. But like that's like a huge plot point of this. And it's it's also one of the things that really helps us like like empathize with George and why we end up liking him so much. Um and and I, I don't know, there's a little bit of fuckery there, you know, because they, they want to make him a more likable character. Um, like, of course, they leave out the part where, um, you know, he's getting into a fight with his wife, who, you know, is played by Penelope Cruz. And in the movie, you know, they get into a fight and he just like shoves her in real life. He fucking punched her in the face and broke her nose. It's like, holy yeah. shit, dude. Like, of course, of course, yeah. you guys can, like gloss over stuff like that. And I think um, I think I think that kind of comes down to like, like you have to realize that this is made by a, a director. It's written by people who probably a want to tell a story and B want an audience to kind of like sympathize with the character and also C kind of have like a subjective view on the guy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of people, like if you're writing a story, they're not going to try. They want to try and say that they're objective, but really, I mean, you know, you're going to like let your subjective thoughts about the guy come into it as well. Right, right. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to stay kind of, I guess, objective about it, you know, if if because they're they they kind of they kind of lean it either way. It gets he gets a little dark, but he's always like this real upbeat kind of like positive guy, and that's just the way you know George Young kind of is when you watch interviews with him and stuff. But I I I really I really love this movie. Um, it's like I said, it's not as great as I remember it, but it's still like it's got like a fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, dude, it's way better than that. I'm like, come the fuck on. Like on a website where the room with Tommy Wasau has like a thirty three. I was like, Blow has a fifty five. I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> like get the fuck out of here. Um uh... and I I think that I I think that in the wake of stuff like because it's kind of stuck between stuff like like what you said, American Made and Goodfellas. Like it's kind of there's movie there's better movies of it on both sides, and that's what's kind of like you have stuff that's older than better and newer than that's better, and it's like ah oh, fuck, you know, it's not like oh well we can let this kind of slide a little bit because this is an older movie. It's like no, there's newer, there's older movies than this that came out and did this better, right? Um, and obviously, I don't think any, I don't think like anything is going to top Goodfellas in that category for a long time. Um, but for me, when I was younger, I definitely preferred this to Goodfellas. Now that I'm older, like I prefer, I prefer Goodfellas, but, um, it's, it's interesting, you know, in, in versus like an entire versus like an entire syndicate or whatever you want to call it, a crime ring, um, you know, an entire family. It's just this one person. And I, I think more so than, Oh, this is about the crime and the true crime and the murder and blah blah. It's like no, this is this is about a guy who was like at the threshold of like this insane power that he had over people in in the eighties. I mean, when you think about how much cocaine came through the U.S. during 85%. the eighties, eighty five percent, and it's like, dude, they said at one point they were spending like thirty five hundred dollars a day on rubber bands. Just to keep, just to keep their money Fuck. together. I was like, Holy shit, dude! Like making three to five million dollars a day, and like like late seventies, early eighties money. So George Young, he was like, he. They're like, how much money do you think you've cleared 
all of your businesses. He's like probably five to six hundred million dollars, like all of it together. They're like five hundred, five to six hundred and like seventies money or our money. He's like, no, seventies money. They're like, okay, so you think you made well over a billion? He's like, oh yeah. Like we were doing that shit for a while. Like even when he gets cut out, he's still running with pa- Pablo Escobar. So it's like, like, it, like in real life, it, it wasn't like, oh my god, he's cut out and he can never sell drugs again. He kept running with Pablo for a while. Like Pablo and him were still cool. Um, so he was making plenty of moves even with that, even without Diego Delgado and stuff. Um, but I, I love this movie. I think that it's not as good as I rem- as I remember it, but it's kind of getting lost to time in a way. And I don't like that. I, I do think I'm like, man, it's better than that. I, I it's it's a it's a really really great like period piece. Like when I first saw the stuff for Bohemian Rhapsody, and I saw the trailer for it, it's like this almost reminds me of Blow. Like like the way that the way that it, I mean, it, not just because you know Freddie Mercury snorts a lot of cocaine, but because of like this amber kind of like '70s color filter on stuff. You know what I mean? Um, it had this great like '70s shine to it, and. Uh, like and and later on, what I think I love about the movie is that that shine kind of starts to go away. Whereas, like towards the end, it's all these real like dark blues and these kind of like it's these very cold kind of color palettes, and I love that about it. Um, oh yeah, dude! When he arrives in California, it's all bright as shit, uh, and then like at the end, it's it's so so dull, like like on purpose. Um, it's 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 crazy. Like I I definitely love that stuff. Yeah, it's like when you first get to California, Starburst just just in your face. You know, it's just like this explosion <laughs> of color. Um, Titties. But um, but yeah, and and I, I I hope this movie gets like more recognized. I I don't want it to get swept under the rug as something that's not as good as like Goodfellas or American Made or something because I I can t- I can tell that's happening. It has this early two thousand one Johnny Depp reputation now, where it's like, well, you have an actor who's kind of controversial now, and it came out at a time where a lot of good movies weren't coming out. And I can see this kind of getting swept under the rug and lost to lost to time. Um, and I, oh man, I would just fucking hate that. I, I actually, when I had theater in high school, um, I did two of the monologues from this. Um, and uh, and my my theater teacher was like, "Are you sure you want to do this? Like, this is really sad." <laughs> I was like, "No, it's cool. It's a really good. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a really good monologue. I I did the." Um, the one where he's talking to his dad at the tape recorder at the end and yeah. uh, the very, very last one, the kind of narration that, that comes off. Um, but I just thought, man, and I'm pretty sure the, that very last one is actually written by George Young. It's based off kind of like a book that he was writing. Um, so he's 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 a writer and he's written some like interesting stuff. But um, well, we should also mention that this is based on a book, right? Right. Yeah, I I I've, I. See the what's funny is like the original title I think was it, it was like it was like it was some crazy name. It was like I've got it. Grazing got outside. It. What is it? Oh, oh no, I don't have that. I've got the book's name. Um, like Bruce Porter's nineteen ninety three book Blow: How a Small Town Boy Made a Hundred Million Dollars with the Medellin Cocaine Cartel and Lost It All. Right. the The original title before Blow was something crazy like standing in the night grazing to something it was something crazy and it, it's yeah it was something so weird and then uh what's uh, hilarious is i'm watching all these george young interviews and he's like oh yeah and the secretary walks in for um for the for the for the author and he's like why don't you just she's like why don't you just fucking call it blow that's what everyone else calls it and he's like oh okay cool we'll just call it blow <laughs> it was like <laughs> they're like fuck it let's do that um but i say we go ahead and jump right into this shit uh what do you think 
Yeah, man. Um, I've got one more thing before we dive in. So this was written by Nick Cassavetes, which is pretty cool. So um, I, I don't want to go past that just quickly. So Nick Caff- Cassavetes directed uh, The Notebook and another movie that I like, Alpha Dog. Um, he's he's actually pretty solid. Like he's been in a fucking shitload of stuff. If you look up Nick Cassavetes, but he's also the son of uh, John Cassavetes, who was a massive uh, director back in the day. Um, didn't want to go past that, but yeah, let, let's fucking dive into this shit, dude. Let's do it, man. Um, I um, oh, and I I do want to note something interesting. Uh, just to, uh, just to jump into some trivia, like since you were just talking about trivia, let's just dump all this at like the front. Um. Yeah, you might have noticed Dennis Leary is like one of the producers of this movie. Did you notice yeah. that at all? Um, I did. I did. He's he was actually really good friends with Ted Demi, and uh, he ended up meeting George Young. And uh, apparently, it's Dennis Leary who got the ball rolling on this. He read George Young's book and was like, "Okay, cool. Let's let's get the ball rolling." And he was originally supposed to play George Young. Um, and what's interesting is what? that they, yeah, super weird, right? But they they either ship off the book or a script written after they get the book, but they send it off to New Line Cinema and Michael DeLuca gets it. Does that name ring a bell to you, Michael DeLuca? Yeah, it, it does. Uh, remind me. He he wrote in the mouth of madness and he's like one That's of the right. big, he's one of the big wigs over in New Line Cinema. So he says, Hell yeah, I'm totally down to do this movie, but fuck no, we're not using Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary is a B <laughs> Dennis Leary is a B actor. Literally what he says. He's like, We need an A actor. Um so oh. up here ironically, you're talking about America Made, it gets shipped around, Tom Cruise comes up. And George Young says, fuck no, fuck you, and fuck that. He goes, George, he said, Tom Cruise has never smoked a joint in his life. He has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and um, so that gets thrown out. They end up going with Johnny Depp, and uh, and the rest is kind of history. Um, but there was a lot of crazy shit. Like, Johnny Depp would just follow him around the prison, watching him smoke cigarettes and tell stories. And he said about after, like, the sixth or seventh time he showed up, he said, you know what, I, you know, I'm not fucking doing this anymore, John. He's like, I'm fucking done. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, if you don't have me by now, you fucking ain't going to get me. He's like, that's just it. And he was like, all right, cool. I got it. And that was it. They just really, he, he, never, he never showed up. He's like, all right, cool. I got you. And uh, like watching the interviews and stuff, his portrayal is actually pretty accurate. Like uh, like his his mannerisms, the way that he talks, he kind of has this like croaky, throaty kind of way that he talks. It's 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 interesting. Um like in the accent, because a, a lesser actor takes this accent and just like, really oh, yeah. you sound like Matt Damon in The Departed, you know, like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. But luckily, you know, he just doesn't like run wild with it. And, and it, it, it it's believable, especially after you hear the real George Young. Um, but we open with this Rolling Stones track. Uh, hear me knocking being played over the process of seeing this fucking cocaine made. Um what did you think about this opening? Like at first, because I was like, "Wow, that's really how they do it." Like I thought, I thought they just like like rub the leaves together until they turned into powder or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, I, I like I said, I'd already seen Narcos, so I already knew like uh, like this is already included in Narcos. Um, oh. But yeah, I, I do like the. I mean, this is something that I like about these kinds of movies. Um, I like the sort of like the montage storytelling. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I like that. Like you know, you, you know, if you throw too many montages in there, it's going to get a little repetitive and it's going to get a little boring. But I, I like this stuff, especially right, right at the start as you front loaded here. No, for sure, and that, that's like this movie. That's one thing; it moves so incredibly fast. Like it, it like from the time, like 
I know what you were talking about earlier. It's like, oh, my God, where the fuck is Penelope Cruz? She's like top bill. She didn't even come in for an hour. But it's actually interesting because it's it's literally like his live split right down the middle, like right at the hour mark. She comes in and the and then she's in there for the rest of the movie. So it's kind of interesting to see this life like literally split right in half because um, right. because right around, I think about the hour mark is where, you know, like the 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 weed shit kind of dries up and he starts going with coke or my, I think it's about like 45 minutes in or so. But um but yeah, yeah, this this totally surprised me. I was like, "What? Are, what are they making? Are they are, are they making are they making like coconut oil? Like, what the fuck is that? Like, like, like watching this shit. I was like, "Oh, they must be making like oatmeal. That looks gross, though. It's like it's like cottage cheese." Um, but um, yeah, we see this being made while the men load uh men load coke up into the truck. One of them is our narrator, of course, George Young. Uh, so many people, George Jung, because it's J U N G. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, dude. Yeah. I'm listening to like an audio book on him today at work, and it's just like, and it's like that man's name was George Jung. I'm like Jung, really? I was like, <laughs> is he every, Asian? Does yeah, he look I, Asian I, to you? J, J, same, <laughs> last name's not Hong. God damn it! Um, <laughs> no, it, it it was just ridiculous. It's like, dude, so like everything else, his last name is Young. I was like, why the fuck? Like, you sound like a more because. And it had to be every single time that they were like, George Jung grew up where George Jung grew up. And it's like, uh, dude, oh, every time they had an opportunity to say his full name. I was like, this is so dumb. Um, but do some research. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, we see them breaking into this shit. Uh, this is grade A, 100, 100% pure Colombian cocaine, ladies and gentlemen, disco shit. Pure as the driven snow. Um, I, and of course, that's the scene where he gets caught, right? Like, I love that. Right. Like, I love that that comes back. Well, and it's crazy how they front load this right here because it's literally, um, you know, pure as the driven snow. My name is George Young, federal inmate number one nine two two five zero zero four. You're like, oh, okay. Well, I think I kind of know where this is going now. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, what did what did you think about them front loading this at the beginning? Because now, I mean, were you just were you thinking like, okay, well, the story's obviously going to end up with him in prison, or is it going to be something else? Well, there's there's one of two ways it could go, right? It's like either a he ends up in prison, or, or b he ends up dead. So, like, I'm, I I knew that you know we would get one of those two endings. I just didn't know which, and like it was a pleasant surprise. I was like, oh, okay, so I guess. I guess he gets sent to prison then. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like the front loading. Um, I like the... I also like narration. You want to get into narration for a little bit because like a lot of people don't like narration. And I, I, I we have talked about this on the podcast. I just can't remember which episode. I I think narration is great if it's used well. Like, like don't spoon feed me everything. But if it's used like this or like Goodfellas or like Casino... um. Or like Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, it's funny because I just like all those, all those three were fucking Martin Scorsese movies. But like, I I like it. I, I really like narration, to be honest. And it it doesn't it doesn't get too overbearing. It doesn't get too encroaching uh, on the experience. Uh, I like it. What do you think? No, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, I think I think Goodfellas is kind of the thing that that breaks the mold on that. Um, American Psycho is another one, you know, that does has a you know great job of using narration. Um, I've, yeah, I've never really understood the complaints about narration. People talk about it being distracting and and stuff, but I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, if it if it helps move our story along, especially when we're doing something like a biopic, 
um, it kind of helps to have somebody who's just kind of like sweeping us along on this thing, right. just filling us in, you know. Just quickly, one of the best uses of um, narration I've ever seen, and I rewatched it again last night, is Vice, the one about Dick Cheney. Oh, right. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that yet. Yeah, um, dude, the narration in that and what they do with that is outstanding. Some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Yeah, I, st- I still need to see that. Um, I saw I saw Christian Bell. They're like, well, how are you getting all your weight? He's like, uh, I've been eating a lot of pies. That's <laughs> like the first thing he said. <laughs> that um, British accent. Yeah. But no, I, I don't I don't have a problem with any kind of narration at all, uh, especially when it's stuff like this. Imagine this. Imagine trying to do Goodfellas with no, uh, no narration. Right. You know, he's like, there some was, things there you was, just can't. Yeah, yeah. There, there was Timmy two times. There was Franklin. The, you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> like naming all these guys off. Like that's fucking hilarious. There was Pete the Killer. Hey, I took care of that thing for you. You're know, like that shit's fucking <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and it wouldn't be the same without it. As far as as far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. It's it's ba- funny because ba- Ray Liotta's ba- in this ba- as well. Ba- da- ba- da- oh, no, dude, no, exactly. No. Um, no, that that's it's interesting. You're talking about Ray Liotta because it's like. I like to I like to think that this is like Henry Hill grew up and then his son did this. He's like, ah, <laughs> fuck, yeah, uh, I'm getting too well, old. Let's for get this shit. let's let's get to this, like, because this is the like speaking of Ray 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 right? Like he's already here, right? Yeah, um, we see the beginning of George's life growing up with the tuna in uh, Massachusetts, uh, played by Ethan Suppley, N- not as a child actually, not Ethan Suppley actually, <laughs> but um. <laughs> I love Ethan Suppley though. This was uh, one of the one of the first big things I saw him in. Did you ever see Remember the Titans with Denzel Washington? No, I was going to bring up uh, Evolution. Have you ever seen Evolution? Yeah, or I mean American History X. Yeah, he's in that too. Yeah, um, yeah. like he's in a bunch of shit, man. And about my name oh, is yeah. Earl. Like he's he's a he's a good actor. Um, right. But, also, uh, the name Tuna just kept reminding me of The Office. Oh, I, I Tuna, Tuna. tuna. <laughs> Tuna rap and roll, yeah. Um, we qu- we quickly see the relationship between George and his father is very strong, but money in the house is very tight. Uh, George's mother is a what did I write? George's mother is a money hungry fucking gold digger. There we go. Um, so yeah, I just kept thinking of Kanye West the whole time. I was like, well, if she's a gold digger, what does that make Ray Liotta? <laughs> I was like, I was like sitting there watching. It's like eh, I can't say that on here. Um, but um. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, I was like, oh, uh, but dude, his fucking mom, I hate this goddamn woman, man. She is vile. Like, I hate to say, if any, if this movie teaches you anything, it's like all the women in your life will betray you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cautionary tale. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, his mom fucks him over. His wife fucks him over. I was like, Jesus. I mean, and he's no knight in shining armor himself, but still, I was like, God damn, man. I mean, I... I I can relate to this a little bit. My mom is a lot more conservative and like uh, she's Church of Christ religious, like real strict, like they don't have music in church or anything. And I'm I'm not like that at all, if you really know me. Um, so it's it's very I, I can understand that sometimes like having a stricter parent. But even my mom wouldn't fucking call the cops on me like Jesus. Oh, Christ. yeah. That's um, next level shit, man. Like, I, I will say that the actress that plays her, Rachel Griffiths, is fantastic in the role. But yeah, man, like, like the 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 actual mother that she's portraying, man, she is she is vile. Also, Rachel Griffiths from fucking Melbourne. So there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, th- this mom ties for shittiest mom of the year with the fighter. <laughs> with uh, oh my god, Melissa. Dude, yeah, the, yeah. These sure. these women need to get together and have a fucking drink. Um, <laughs> but um. 
Yeah, we see. Uh, oh, and I, I, I love the uses of quotes through this. I jotted down a few of these. Uh, yeah, she thought she'd married a buffer class that promised her the stars, but he couldn't deliver. Um, that's fucking great. That's that's a really good line. Um, I, I love this thing. He's like, oh, not in front of the boy. Oh, the boy, the boy, the boy. And this is exactly what we see later on with George talking to Mirtha when she starts. And it's the same thing. It's. You know, the camera on the kid as the parents are fighting, he says, hey, not in front of the not in front of the girl. And Martha says the same thing. She's like, I don't care. I'm, I, you know, we're going to fucking talk about this like right now. So you can see the cycle of it happening all over again. It's like, oh, fuck. That's that's oh, just yeah. this, ugh, that's terrifying. Not breaking that cycle is fucking like the scariest thing. Um, right. It's, but- it's kind of like it's 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 one one thing informing the other. Right. Like it's all it's all go- it all goes hand in hand. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, we also see this repeated cycle of George's mother leaving and coming back and just expected to be forgiven like every time. If there's anybody in this who I'm like, who's just a totally like innocent bastard in all this, it's like Ray Liotta. I'm like, God damn, dude, like your wife is this piece of shit and your son's kind of a piece of shit. And you work 14 hours a day for seven days a week and go bankrupt. By the way, what the fuck were you doing? If I worked 14 hours a day, <laughs> seven days a week right now, like, holy shit. Like, like, what the fuck were you doing, man? Like, how the fuck did you go back? I guess just living, like, outside their means. But I was like, dude, I'm, I I, mean, I know it's a different time, but fuck, if you're working 14 hours a day and seven days a week, there's no way you should be fucking bankrupt. Like, that's crazy. Um, like, what about your double time? What about floating holidays? 401k, pension? What's going on, dude? Like, um, that's what, but, that's um, what I'm saying. Like, I, like, I, like, 14 hours, like, doing what? Like, right. Working minimum wage at McDonald's. Yeah. I was like, what are you? Are are you are people not able to pay you real money? So they pay you with like hens and chickens and eggs and shit. Fucking is it monopoly like money. Of, yeah. <laughs> is it like that kind of shit? Like, um, but we also I like this pattern of George's father, though, not holding people accountable. Like he doesn't he does. He doesn't really he barely holds George accountable. Like he definitely doesn't hold his mom accountable. Every single time she comes back, he's just like, Oh, Hey, there you are. How you doing? Where are you? You know, blah, blah. Like he's never, he's kind of like Jerry from Rick and Morty kind of like, he doesn't really stand up for himself and put a foot down. But at the same time, he's just this unbelievably sweet and nice guy. I think he just kind of lets the people that he love kind of like walk all over him. And, and I hate that, but it's, when you start watching, she, like, this guy never says anything like, no, I'm not doing this. Fuck you, blah, blah, blah. Like he he just always takes it, you know, because it's just for the for the greater good, you know, of the benefit of the of the relationship in its entirety. The greater um, good. The greater good. Um, George's father finally files for bankruptcy. Um, ah, this shit. Um, you know, let's go get some ice cream. Dad, I don't want ice cream. You know, I'm worried. Are we going to be poor? Like when you're up, it's never as good as it seems, and when you're down, it seems like you're never gonna get back up again. Oh, that's fucking good, man. If that is that that's is good. Like, that's such a good description of like when you're up on top of the world and you're like, you know, like I felt like this was so much farther away than it really was, and it's like this is like uh, you know, I, I it's it's so funny, that, like the grass is greener on the other side, kind of thing. Um, but um, I think like this thing is just chops such full of like these little insanely like like wistful quotes i love it um george says that he never wants to be poor uh then he won't be um cut to 1968 and george and tuna have moved to california george and tuna are quickly introduced to barbara and her flight uh flight stewardess friends and they try pot for the first time 
Um, I love this. I'm smoking I, on the beach. I actually thought this was. Oh yeah, that like it's awesome. But like, I I actually thought before, like it said Manhattan Beach, California. I actually thought it was Miami because you know every fucking cocaine story takes place in Miami, and like every time you see Miami in film, it's always got that sort of like light, sort of yellowish filter on it. <laughs> yeah, they're basically just in Vice City from Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, um, this whole uh, when, as soon as he smokes for the first time, and he kind of like. <laughs> Chokes a little bit. Like I just I just thought about fucking Shorty from Scary Movie 2. Take it to the head. Take it to the head. Oh, son. Oh, that's like the first thing I thought of. Shit, son. Um, I, I did when we this episode first started, I was gonna be like, so Zoheb, have you ever tried cocaine before? <laughs> I was just gonna fucking come and hit you. And I knew you were gonna say no, and they'd be like, Do your parents know you've never tried cocaine? Your parents know you tried cocaine before? And you're like, Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, no, fuck. Um <laughs> <laughs> like trick trick question man to yeah. it, you fucking bastard <laughs> um but no i um yeah this 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 shit is crazy just this time and place that they're in because it, it, the the color scheme of everything when they get there it's a lot of yellows and greens and oranges and he's like oh everybody was independent everybody was liberated they use words like far far out and right on you know and they all had the same position uh position they're like oh flight suits flight suits um, I love the one who points in the air. She's like, "Yeah, up there." I'm like, "No, I thought you were a fl- I thought you were a flight attendant on a fucking bus." I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> not to mention that they're all fucking gorgeous, right? Every one of them, even with their crazy like pointed nipple, fucking sixties like bathing suits. It's like, ah, oh like, yeah. Some, uh, I was like, God, that must be. What are your tits? Just like a polygon? I was like, How the fuck does it even fit in there? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like a jagged shape. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, and this is, um, you know, this is where we meet Barbara. Um, dude, at first I was like, Famke Jansen from X-Men? That's like the first thing that I thought for a second. I was like, I could totally see this chick being like the X-Men or something. Um, but her, I, man. I have, I have, I have seen her before. She's from, um, she's from the Bourne trilogy. Like the first three That's or right. first two. The, That's the right. first two, sorry. She gets killed in the second one. Spoiler alert. Well, and she's in something called like Run, Margot Run. I remember that from something. That's kind of a bigger movie. It came out in like '98, I think. Um, but uh, but yeah, and she's a German-born uh, actress. I don't have the, her name, um, but she's like Franca I mean, she, Franca Potente. Thank you. Um, but you can tell with her accent sometimes. Like it definitely fucking slips through. But it's kind of sexy, you know. Like I love that. She's like, Yo, oh yeah. Uh, I love it. He's like, oh, I need more. I need more. She's like. I only have two suitcases and I can't come back here every day. I'm like, oh, God, I love that kind of like mixed like accent shit. Um, but just important to note that we need Barbara right here as well. Um, eventually, Tuna comes home with a bag of oregano and says that he wants to sell pot. Uh, Barbara laughs and says that he can she can set him up with her guy, Derek Friel, played by Paul Rubens. Um, remember the last time we talked about Paul Rubens? Yeah. What was it? What was he? What was he in? Was it in the Mouth of Madness? No. No, no. Christmas Christmas time. What was it? Batman Returns. Oh, fucking Batman Returns. Yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, I lo- yeah, and I remember saying um Pee-wee's not a big thing here. No, yeah, I, dude, I'm not going to lie. I I never watched it growing up. I it was a little yeah. bit after or I'm sorry, before my time, a little bit. Um but no, I I don't like the first thing I ever saw him in was like I think like this. This was like this and like oh, okay. the Vampire Slayer. Or like Batman Returns, or like some of the first things I ever saw him in. 
Um, but what did you think about Derek for real in this movie? And what a fucking Derek for real. Yeah, I know. <laughs> apparently, apparently the real guy's name wasn't Derek for real, though. Um, it, uh, I can't remember what it was. I'll need to look it up. But yeah, um, he was, he was fine. Like, he was, he was a little over the top, though. <laughs> like, okay, we get it. He's gay and he's in California and he's very open about it. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's, it's funny, actually, because I read an article um, about the guy who who played the real like Derek for real. Um, and he he actually kind of just like faded into obscurity and died kind of like poor in um, in Mexico. Uh, Richard Burreal was his name. Um, okay. but he, yeah. They said he was kind of like pissed with the way that he was portrayed. He's like he's like, we didn't fuck George out of his money because we, we were greedy. We all thought he was fucking dumb and he was going to get all of us fucking popped. Like we didn't do it because we were greedy. Like we didn't care about any of that. Like at that point. We were making so much money, it was beyond greed. We we're like, but it wasn't anything about that. And he was like, and I definitely wasn't a gay hairstylist. <laughs> um, he did. He, he he did own like restaurants and nightclubs along with a hair, you know, a hair studio. But wasn't anything like to the extent that they play it up as. But I don't I don't mind that so much because this is also the guy's name is completely changed. I think it's different if it's like, oh, this is Richard Burreal and this is the way that he acted. It's like, well, no, that's not accurate. Right. But this right. this is not Richard Burreal. This is a totally different entity now. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind when movies do that, like in these true story sort of like situations like they kind of um, like like this isn't a complete fa- completely fabricated character, but sometimes you get a character who is like an amalgamation of like multiple people. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mind that if it serves the story a little better. Well, that's like Mike Myers in Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, he right. He, he, that's it. Yeah, was yeah. it like Ray Porter Parker or something that he plays? Like that's not a real guy. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, this where we meet Paul Rubens, Tuna and George meet with Derek and get to work selling. Um, I love that shit. He's like, well, what is that? That's your pot. <laughs> He's like, well, that's a little bit more than we had in mind. Like, well, I'm not nicking a nickel and a diamond here. Do you want it or not? <laughs> like, like, dude, that is like, like I, I have never, I've never sold drugs. I've never been a drug kingpin. I've never done anything crazy like that. Like, I've, I have had some crazy times in my day, and I have definitely partied some. But I have never seen the amount of marijuana he pulls out into that bag. Oh, like, dude! Holy good. It, Mother it, of it's God. like a forest. You can start a state forest with that shit, dude. I was like, like, holy fuck! Like when he pulled that bag out, I was like, do you do you have any idea how much money that bag would be worth today? If that, if that were if that were filled with like the best of the best that you would get today, that bag would be like like fucking anywhere between. Seventy five hundred to fifteen grand. I'm gonna guess, like any anywhere in between that. Like if you sell it at street market value, it's like, <laughs> holy fuck. Um, it's that's just it's every time I see that bag, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like that's crazy. Um, it's massive, dude. Like, have you? <laughs> it actually reminds me of. Um, have you seen Harold and Kuma? I think it's the second one. No. Uh-uh. Oh my god! Okay, so you know because they're potheads, right? Like, there's a scene where I think it's Kumar, and he's just like fantasizing about this massive bag of weed, just having sex with him. It's hilarious. It's just fucking. <laughs> it's it's so fucking out there, but it's 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 just fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, and just just how fast this movie is. I mean, we're we're what we're. 
15 minutes in. <coughs> yeah, we're we're already just we're already in, uh, introduced to basically all of our characters. We know what the story is. We know what's going on. I mean, it just moves so fucking fast. Like for it's a two hour movie. Don't get me wrong, but they pack a fucking lifetime worth of shit in here. Um. So yeah, they get uh, we haven't met. We we still we still haven't met. Um, is it Diego? We haven't met Diego. No, no, that that doesn't happen for probably the, yeah, about, about the 45 minute mark. Like, that's right. where that's what I'm saying. Like, the second half of his life literally comes in in like the second half. It's kind of interesting, like, yeah. the timing yeah. of it. Um, but like, it, like, this is to me where I wish sometimes I could just be like, and they lived happily ever after, and George didn't push his luck. The oh, end. And dude, it's like, you. You need no, to ahead. see Vice. <laughs> like, like I keep thinking of Vice because I saw it literally last night. And there is a moment in that movie where it's like, if if Dick Cheney retired right fucking now and didn't pick up this phone call, then this shit wouldn't have happened. And the movie makes you realize that. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I, I, I hate to keep like talking about it, but it's just so relevant to what we're talking about. Adam McKay is the director of that. He did uh, the other guys in Talladega Nights and shit. Um, but he is so meta with that movie. What he does with, with that movie is like, so Dick Cheney and like, you know, his wife walking around and shit. And like, you know, it could have been happily ever after. Um, you know, we wouldn't have fucking like, you know, Iraq never even invaded and shit like nothing would happen what happens is like they fucking roll the credits like midway through the movie like you know what i mean it's just like like oh okay the movie's done and then it's like phone call and then it's just like oh shit like you know what i mean it's you you kind of have to see it it's so meta and like that's that reminded me of what exactly what you're talking about here with with george uh with george jung before he got into that second part of his life no, yeah, that's <laughs> that sounds exactly like what I was just talking about. Um, I need to see that um, immediately. Just, he just looks insane in that movie. It's so great. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So they get to work uh, selling drugs on Manhattan Beach, making money over fist. I made a reputation for myself. People even started to call me Boston George, um, which that name has stuck forever. He is constantly and commonly referred to as Boston George, all the interviews and stuff that I watched. Um, it's at this point that we are introduced to an old friend of George's named Dooley back from home. Um, this is where we get that whole, like, I'm stoned bit. Look, fuck, I'm fucking stoned. <laughs> like, that whole thing. Um, this is one of those things where it's like, look at the people that he's surrounding himself with in this clientele and this area of of quote-unquote drug smuggling. Um, you know, look, at it's, it's just Dooley and Tuna and some Mexican guys, you know, and that's it. Like, and then later on, you're fucking jumping shit off of entire islands. You're getting shot. You're getting people fucking threatening you. Like you're mating Pablo Escobar. Right. Yeah. And it's just the, the escalation is insane. And I think that this is a good time to like mentally in this movie, look around where you are because just despite the fact that you want to go bigger and better. This is like, dude, if this were my life, holy fuck, would I would I die a happy man? Like like just living on the beach in California in the 60s, like it's like selling selling weed, like holy shit, that's stewardess fucking or stewardess is all around you. Right, exactly. Um but this like it's like just take a snapshot of this in your mind because this is about as good as it's gonna get. And, and it's crazy because you just think that you can get so much better than this. Um but um, yeah, Dooley even says, uh, "Oh man, I, you know, I wish there was stuff like this back home." This grabs George. Uh, this grabs George's 
you know, this grab George, this grabs George's interest, doesn't it? Um, yeah, he he's, he, he's in it now, man. Like he's, he's, you can see this, the wheel spinning in his head and everything. Oh yeah. Like as soon as, as soon as he's like, man, I wish there was stuff like this back home. He's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he's like a, he's like a shark with blood in the water. Um, he concocts the plan to have Barbara take a hundred pounds a week back to the East coast college towns willing to pay out the nose for their Mary Jane. Um, holy fuck. Like what he's talking to him about, he's like five or $600 an ounce, I think, or something like that. He said, or a pound. Um, that that's absolutely insane. Like now that would be like 25 to $3,500. Um, I love this montage. Like we were talking about the, I need more montage with Dooley. <laughs> he's like more, more, I need more. Um, this is fucking great, you know, and like she says, you know, um, what do you expect me to do? I can't fly back here every day. Uh, you know, I can only carry two bags. Well, toward, tell George. George will think of something. Um, the crew retreat to a cabin to celebrate and count their money after a successful haul. But George is still unsatisfied, wanting to cut out the middleman. Um, <laughs> they're like, man, we made 240 grand. It's not enough. Really? Really, it's not enough. Fuck. For, for what? That's what is that's it? What ambition, is it? dude. That's that's Breaking Bad. What is it not enough for? <laughs> like, what are you trying to buy? It's like I swear to God, you come up is, and two hundred forty thousand. If you come up and put two hundred forty dollars in my hand right now, I'd be like, hey, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, it 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 reminded me very much of Breaking Bad. Like in that, I mean, without spoilers. <laughs> He starts off with the best intentions, and then it's like you know, once you start seeing the money, like starting to roll in, and starting to realize just how big you can go, or like you know, like there's no one to stop you, there's no one, um, there's no one who's even looking into you, like you, you can do this pretty much unfettered, um, like that. That's gonna pretty much trigger something in your mind. It's just like this kind of this kind of complex that you're just like, oh, well, I'm on top of the world. So, um, I'm, I'm going to keep going to be honest. Like, it's just, it's just the, it's just the price of ambition. Right. And it's like, why stop a good thing? You know? Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, they were, they were, uh, retreat to this cabin. They're counting their money. Um, any of you guys know how to speak Spanish? <laughs> do you, do you speak any Spanish? <laughs> can you, can you speak any Spanish? No, nah, no. Nah. Oh man, like I, there's a couple of people that I work with that, um, English is like their second language. They're like straight a couple over from El Salvador, uh, a couple of people are from Mexico. So all the time at work, I'm like, uh, como se dice asshole? You know, I'm like, how do you say this? Like, like, and I'm constantly coming up and asking them how to say stuff. And now I can tell my Spanish is getting better because I'm reading the subtitles and I'm like, Hey, I know that fucking word. I'm like, I know that. And she's like, oh, <laughs> oh, he who they importa. She's like, oh, she called him a son of a bitch. I fucking know that one. Um, I know a lot of the curse words. I don't know, but I don't know how to conjugate stuff. That's my problem. Um, Duolingo, though, that's a good app for actually learning second languages. I had that for a while uh, on Spanish. Um, but uh, but I, I've always wanted to learn Spanish. It's a fucking awesome language. It's so much like simpler than English, but it fucks me up like if you were to say like a, like a red car, you know, to us it would be like a red car, a rojo caro, but to them it's el carro rojo. Like you would say a car red. It's ah. backwards. It's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's dude, the only- like 
when, when later when like Penelope Cruz is like going off in Spanish, I'm just like, man, this this seems like a hard language to grasp. Like she's just firing shit out of her mouth, and I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> right, because later on, I thought I was like, is she speaking Portuguese? Because like he says, you know, mucho gusto, which is like it's nice to meet you, and she she says uh, igualmente, which is like likewise. But I, I think it's likewise in. Um, Oh, sorry. I just fucking said it. Portuguese. I don't know if it's likewise in Spain. I'm not sure either way. Um, so George and his crew end up making their way to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico in 1969 to find some mota. Um, wandering the streets and asking complete strangers where to find pot. Um, Jesus Christ. Dude, could I, you, I thought. You, I thought. No, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. I, I thought like. I feel like, oh, fuck. I feel like we have a little delay in our comms, but it doesn't matter. Um, I thought one of these guys was fucking Danny Trejo. <laughs> like, there's a guy that looks almost exactly like Danny Trejo. <laughs> no, yeah, the guy I'm who like, comes. Of course, Danny Trejo is in this movie. Yeah, yeah, the guy who comes up to him at the end, he's like, uh, Mr. George, quieres uh, mota? Um, right. No, yeah, right. I, 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 kept, I kept expecting to see fucking Danny Trejo pop up somewhere. Um, dude, there's no way you're telling me these two fucking pretty boys. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got Tuna and George walking around with all these stewardesses. Go try that shit in Mexico today, dude. You come back with your fucking head on a platter. Like, like the shit that oh, has yeah. gone on in Mexico now. Like, there was all this shit uh, like a few years ago with El Barbie, who is like a like a Texas high school football player who just fucking tried to take over the drug market in Mexico. And ended up actually taking like a huge bite of it and shit. Like, but they called him El Barbie because he was like a pretty boy and shit. I was like, dude, not only would they fuck all of these women, they would fuck all of these men, especially Johnny Depp. I'm like, oh my god, um, fuck Mexico and especially like Tijuana and shit. Like that shit's scary now, man. So I've always wanted to go, but like my my Juarez. friends at work. Yeah, but yeah, my friends at work who are from there are like, no, 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 no. They're like, there's a reason we live here. I was like, okay, cool. I believe you. I believe you. Um, <laughs> but um, they ended up waking their made in Mexico. Eventually, George is approached by a man who introduces himself, uh, introduces him to Sanchez, who's the farmer, a marijuana farmer who then supplies George. Uh, this scene is fucking great. Uh, Ramon tells me you're looking for some mota. Um, God, there's something about just the Spanish language, mota. Like, I, 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 I love I love their words for stuff, man. It's great. Um, which actually we had to take four languages when we were in high school and like people were taking French and I was like, yeah, you know, cause in Tennessee we have that overly large French demographic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, cause, cause we're so close to the French border. Um, Dude, you think that's weird? I had to learn Italian. That's yeah. Cause you were, you rattled off some Italian shit one day. It scared the hell out of me in here. I thought you were fucking... <laughs> I thought you. I thought you. I thought you were going you like. Thought full I was putting a skirt a curse on you. <laughs> uh, oh, but um, this guy who plays Sanchez, he has been in a lot of shit, dude. Like, did you did you recognize him from anything? You know what? He did look familiar, but I never. I didn't look him up. What, what's he from? Well, his name is uh, Tony Amendola. Uh, um, I think that's I think that's oh, how you dude. say that. But he's in dude. Zorro, Stargate, Annabelle. Like he's in shit ton of stuff. Yeah, I I recognize him now from Annabelle. Um, he was just in the Curse of La La Llorona. Um, I definitely remember him from that. So yeah, for sure, dude. 
isn't a lot of once upon a time cowboys just cause four shooter like he's in a castlevania oh terminate terminator sarah Carn- carnicles hell yeah oh okay yeah new girl call of duty black ops 3 um holy shit he's in a lot of stuff dude um but i i've always seen him in a, in a shit ton of stuff at first i was like is this edward james almost from blade runner <laughs> for like two seconds i was like huh <laughs> um pulls out the but, origami um, yeah I uh, but I I love I love the way this guy talks. He kind of reminds me of Manny Patinkin from Princess Bride. You know the Nino Montoya yep. from Homeland. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but he's he's phenomenal. He's actually one of my favorite parts of this movie, and he's such a bit part. He has like two speaking lines. He's hardly in anything. Um, he's like, all right, so what do we do? You know, we get a plane. He's like, no, no, no. First you take a little, then you come back. He's like. I don't need a little. I need a lot. <laughs> I'm like, God, that is like. Right. He, the, he can't even like believe it, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and he says, you know, el amigo esta, esta loco, blah, blah, blah. He says, amigo, amigo, uno momento. Let's say I come back here in a week and I bring you $50,000. Does that alleviate some of your concerns? It's like, amigo, you bring me $50,000. I have no more <laughs> concerns. Um, that's fucking great. Um, so they end up, they end up. Uh, making this deal, they're still in the plane. Um, uh, they're still in the plane. They take off through the desert, and um, so I guess you know that we don't even get any video of them like any scenes of them selling this weed. They just get the plane, and boom, they come right back, and it's fucking sold. Uh, and we don't really need to see that, you know. We can just skip right to it. We know what they're doing. I we like don't it. Need to see them? Yeah, it's like cool. You know, literally, mm-hmm. it, it just cuts right back to them. Um, right, not nice and efficient. Right, exactly. Um, I love they pull up to Sanchez and he's like, Cabron. He's like, Hey, you remember that $50,000? I promised you. I couldn't get it. He's like, I, he's like, so I got you 75 instead. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, it's so fucking awesome, dude. Um, I've actually, I've actually done that before. I've, <laughs> I was, I was doing something. I was, I was, um, I was paying for something. I think I was paying off a tattoo or something. And the guy was like, Hey man, if you can come by and you know, it's like a five hundred dollar tattoo. He's like, You can come by and pay like two fifty off. I was like, All right, cool. So I showed up and I was like, Hey man, you remember that two fifty? I couldn't get it. He's like, Ah, what'd you get? I was like, I got you three fifty instead. He's like, Ah, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've used I've uh, used that on some people before. I fucking I fucking love that. That's that's so cool. Um Well, I, I haven't because I don't pay my debts. So <laughs> <laughs> I I owe many Mexican drug dealers. Um <laughs> the shot of them all in the RV as he comes flying in the plane so over tuna in the desert. Oh uh now the way they were actually able to do this, in case you're curious, um they stole this single engine single engine Cessna, um, and they flew it they flew it just low enough under radar to where they wouldn't get picked up. That's the ah. whole reason why they were why they were even able to do it. That's why they're so close to the ground when they come flying over. Um but um, but yeah, and this is where they begin start making regular runs between California and Mexico, and they buy a house in Acapulco in 1970. Um, it was a great time in our lives. The seven of us were like a family. We work hard, we play hard, and we didn't have a care in the world. It was perfect. Uh, this house is fucking awesome, dude. Like holy shit. Um, and this this whole thing again, like this whole color palette, everything's bright. There's almost no night shots. There's almost none of them. Like nothing, everything always takes place during the day. It's sunny. It's beautiful. Um, and this is the way a lot of that, a lot of like, a lot of that country was before the co- before the cocaine wars happened. Um, I I love that's just this building of their lives. This whole montage, them throwing 
Derek for real in the pool and everybody just, you know, dr- fucking drinking tequila and shit. It's like, dude, I have had days like this in a friend's backyard. And it's like, if this were your life every day, oh, my God. Like, I can't imagine why this would become so addictive. Um, but uh, we see this dinner with George's parents. We see that little has changed between his parents. Um, and this is the first warning, first anything that we see of Barb's health, you know. Um, not only that, we also see an indication that George's dad is starting to kind of get an inkling as something is going on with George. You know what I mean? Right. Like he kind of he kind of starts to be hard to imagine affording that on a construction salary. Um, but I I love just that that whole thing. You can right in the right in this whole scene, you can split his parents perfectly. Oh, what is it? Two carrots? Oh, it's got to be two carrots. Oh, it's definitely two carrots. Treasure it, darling. George, you might want to get that insured. And I love that his dad's like, oh, I'm just. Happy that George has found somebody that he cares for. Yes, but I'm talking about the ring. And I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, shut do me, up, man. Do me fuck. a favor. Take take that ring off and jam it down her cocksucker till she stops talking. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot fucking stand this. And I know that's kind of the point. Like, they villainize his mom like crazy. Um, and uh, to the point, I don't really think that she's like that. But any woman who would have called the cops on her own son like that, I'm like, well, I don't know. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I don't mind I don't them doing this to you so child, much. Right? Yeah, they're only fucking kid. Like, goddamn. Um, but what did you think about this whole plot point with Barb's health? Yeah, it was really sad. Like, I was just like, man, I bet you she's got cancer. <laughs> like, as soon as I saw the blood, I was just like, oh, no. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, like, because I, I knew that Penelope was going to be his wife. Like, I, I was like, I knew we had to lose her. Uh, like, like going into the movie, like I already knew that, so I was just like, okay, so eventually she's either going to be a dead or be um just out of the picture. She's just gonna, she's not gonna be on board with the with the marijuana stuff, and she's just gonna leave. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, like it's really sad, like especially this scene when they go out to the car and they have this little moment. Um, I think, I think Franca Franca Potente and and Johnny Depp have a little bit more chemistry than. You know, Penelope and Johnny Depp, which is weird. No, for sure. And I, I think that's totally <coughs> intentional because when we're seeing them together, it's this crazy, like, like she's just like this perfect, like, dream girl. I love oh, I'll, she's got I'll these, get to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's got these, like, this brilliant accent, these, like, really thick, like, dark eyes. Um, Like, she almost has, like, a Mila Jovovich vibe to her, like, in a way. Um, like I can totally see her being like Lilu Dallas Multipass. Um, but I, yeah, the, the, especially just the, um, the contrast between her and, and Penelope Cruz is just insane when, when you really put them side by side. Um, but, um, sorry, I lost my spot here. Um, oh yeah. So she ends up having the nosebleed. I, I don't, I like the subplot. I do. The only problem is, this is the first inclination that we got anything of it. And in two minutes, she's going to be dead. And it's yeah, like, it's very man, sudden. that's kind of like, I, I actually would have kind of preferred if like earlier on, because she's been in the movie since like the first five minutes, you know, we're at, we're at the fucking like 30 minute mark. It's like, dude, you've had plenty of time Add a 20 second conversation in where she's like, oh, I'm having a headache. I don't want to go outside today. I'm not feeling well. Well, they're sitting around in the bathrobes and Tuna shows up, you know, that would have been a great time to slice something in where he's like, hey, 
I'm going to go down to the beach. And she's like, oh, I'm not feeling good. You know, oh, are you having one of your headaches or something like that? I would have been fine with, but there was like nothing there, you know? Very, yeah, um, very sudden, dude. It's just like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. Right, yeah. Well, I guess you have to die now. Um, but uh, this conversation between the two of them, tell me about this fucking conversation. Yeah, like they... You can kind of tell that she's going to die, like from this conversation. It's it's too, it's too sweet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like like you know when when you're watching a TV show and just before a character dies, they get this like really nice and sweet moment with the person that they care about, and then like the the next episode or even like just a little bit later, they 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 you know they die. Yeah, that that's what it felt like. Like you know because like. <sighs> Because George apologizes about his parents and like says, "Look, that's not, that's not really, that's yeah." And then she's just like, "Oh, look, they're not that bad, you know." Blah blah. blah. It, it seems too sweet. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you know, I'm 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 reading the signposts already. Well, especially when, <coughs> oh, excuse me, um, especially when she's he's like, you know, just promise me we're not going to ever end up, end up like that. We're going to end up like us. I'm like, that's a good line. That really is. It's that's so it's just simple and straight to the point and it's honest. That's that's the best thing you can ask out of a script. It's just like we're just gonna be us. We're just gonna be whatever happens. Um, I love that. Um, but unfortunately George is then arrested in Chicago in 1972 with 660 pounds of grass. You and Ooh. I com- combined with like half of Danny and fucking marijuana. Like, holy yeah. shit. Our like your fucking body weight. Like that's one thing that's crazy is George Young said at it's one point we were so rich we stopped counting cash and we started weighing it. He said, I can tell you that a million dollars weighs twenty point three pounds. I was like, Holy shit. Like like the fact that you the fact that you even just know that off the top of your head. He's like, cause Diego says something like that later on. He's like, Oh, if it's if it's fifty if it's fifty five pounds, then it's two point five. If it's sixty, then it's uh, three million, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, that's that's being wild. So, ri- so rich, you literally measure it in in weight, like you would a fucking like a baby or something. I was like, holy hell. Um, but George is arrested with six hundred sixty pounds of marijuana. Um, this judge and all of this shit. Do you do you know what songs that he's referencing here? I didn't know. I had to Google them. So no, I, I have no like- idea. Hit me. These are these are two Bob Dylan songs. Um, okay. I actually, I'm not gonna lie, I don't really like Bob Dylan. To be completely honest, somebody <laughs> somebody should be dead for that. But I like a lot of older music, and I could just never get into Bob Dylan. I just his his voice and the whole folk thing. I, I just I just really can't get into it. Um, but this it's whole just thing, the Watchmen opening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's about it. Or uh, Tangled Up in Blue. I do like that song. Um, <laughs> But um, he, I, I put in my notes, after trying to Bob Dylan his way out of jail time, he is sentenced <laughs> to five years, of which he will serve two. Um, this whole thing is fucking great. He's like, really? I think it's illogical, and I think it's unjust to sentence me to j- prison time. He's like, really, what did I do? I crossed an imaginary line with a bunch of plans. He's like, uh, you know, you say... Uh, you say you want somebody who's uh, somebody. You say you want somebody who's uh, strong but never weak to bring you flowers when you're something. He's like, but it ain't me, babe. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you can see the Jack Sparrow starting to ooze out. I'm like, okay, I can see this, dude. I can see the the foundations for a Jack Sparrow character coming out here. 
Um, but this judge, her her delivery is great. She's like, wow, your philosophy is really interesting. <laughs> she cracked me up. Um, oh, but yeah, I, I, knew, I knew it was going it was going south. Like I was like, oh, no, oh, no, dude, she's, especially, she's going with the sarcasm route. Well, him him slouching and being like, may I address the court? <laughs> she's like, uh, yeah. you're going to have to stand up first. I'm like, ah, dude, get up. Um, Do you know how but, much a, a lawyer will be reamed out if they fucking slouch like that? Like, if they don't stand while they address the fucking judge, like, they'll be killed. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, that's half the battle is just the fucking, like, respect with the judge and making sure everything, <laughs> making sure everything gets said that needs to be said. Yeah, unfortunately for you, the lines that you crossed were real and the plants that you brought were illegal. So your bond is $20,000. I was like, holy shit. Um, which actually, your bail's $20,000. If you go to a bail bondsman, you pay 10% of that. It's like two grand. I was like, okay, I think this guy could probably shit two grand right now. Like, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is where we get this scene between uh, him and Barb. Um, I love this. This is the first note. This is the first time we ever see the two of them like really out at night. Like, like they're on the street, it's cold, it's been snowing, it's not sunny, it's not Acapulco, it's not a pool day. Like, it, it's this total shift in tone. There's, there's, he's got the dark coat on, she's got the hat, like in the fur, everything's really, I don't know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very dark, it feels very cold. And I was like, oh, that's fucking, you know, and it, th- this scene just breaks my heart. I mean, her just being, you know, him saying, you know, I got five years, I'll get out in two well, I, you know, I can't wait two years. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? You're not going to wait for me? She's like, I don't have two years. It's like, oh, man. And the look on his face is just like, what? Like, he's so, what the fuck? Because, like, I mean, it's, tough it's to digest. kind of. Right. And I, and I think that we kind of get put into that boat at the same time. We're like, wait, she's fucking dying? All she had was a nosebleed, you know? That's what I'm saying. This this could use a little bit more buildup, but I'm okay with it because it it is just like a gut punch. And she's so lovable as a character. She's like, I, I don't, we don't get a whole lot of screen time with her, but the screen time that we do get, I was like genuinely bummed out when she dies because it's like the end of an era, it feels like. Um but I love I do have a track for you real quick. This track that plays when she's dying or, or as she when she's dying. Help me. Like no, as she's like <laughs> as she as she tells him that she's dying. As she, um, as she takes her last breath. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh no, I got this track for you real quick. Hold on. George, I can't wait that long. What, are you kidding me? You're not gonna wait for me. What the fuck is that? I... I don't have two years. It's it's super cool. It's super faint, and it's real quaint, even. But it's it's this yeah. it's this real slow, small, sad sounding guitar, and I, I love I'll, I'll the tell melody. You, I'll tell you how faint it was. Like I couldn't even hear it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone in fucking after post production of this episode will be able to hear it. I'm just gonna be like, oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it sounds so it sounds so great. It almost has this like. Have you ever heard Jeff Buckley's cover of Hallelujah? Yeah, I have. Well, um, wasn't it in a movie? Uh, 
It's actually, and it's it's been in a couple of them. It's in at the it's at the Lord. It's at the end of Lord of War with Nicolas Cage. Okay, um, yeah, I've I've definitely heard it. Yep. I'm actually a big Jeff Buckley fan. I fucking love that guy. But it reminds me of that. This like slow, quiet picking like kind of sound he's got. It's it's fucking fantastic. But um, I, I love the scene. It's them kind of like embracing, and he's like him looking at her and being just like totally destroyed. But she's she has this look of like serendipity like she's just accepted it she's like this is the way it is she's like this is just how it is and i think that's i think that's something that's so easy to go by when you look at it it's like this this is like this is where george should he should accept the future and he should just say okay well this is you know this is the time that i stopped this era of my life is over with you know but like just as she has she's accepted this but i I, but george hasn't george is just like you know i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do bigger and better things and this will seem like peanuts to what i'm doing and it's like dude just accept what you have like just accept it and and I, i think that's interesting to know because his refusal to accept it is kind of what leads to him wanting more and more and eventually his downfall um but um but yeah, Barb dies. Uh, they all kind of scatter to the all kind of scatter to the four winds. Uh, Tuna stays in Mexico. Nobody knows what happens to him. The whole gang just kind of scatters up. Um, George skips bail to help take care of her, and he goes on the run. Um, that that is one thing that I was like in in real life. This woman I don't think ever existed. He just skipped bail and immediately got on a plane and did another run as soon as he got out of jail, like literally. And it's like. But in the movie, they kind of have to be like, oh, he's a nice guy. He did it because she's dying. And it's like, no, you did it because you were like, they said he just loved the thrill. Like he wanted to piss off cops and shit. I was like, dude, that's yeah. you don't have to like, I like this storyline with Barb, but you don't have to do that. Like, I'm still cool with him just being kind of a dumbass. <coughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, like, like that was the, it's kind of like one of those, those movies, man, like, especially that came around like during this era like we have to show him to be this kind of like uh hero or the fucking uh audience won't be able to connect with him and shit whereas like you know movies like wolf of wall street that show jordan belford as a fucking guy who actually punches margot robbie in the stomach like you know like it's a little more it's a little more i guess true to form um but there there is also like there's always these kind of like these biography films where they do put a little bit more of a positive slant on the characters that they're trying to show it's a bit unfortunate but what can you do right yeah exactly this is this is kind of my problem with bohemian rhapsody as much as i love it i'm like dude you pg-13 a hard (laughs) r life um by the way george have you seen black mass no i haven't so that that's the movie uh starring also johnny depp probably one of his better roles man like he's he plays whitey bulger like the 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 uh fucking gangster from boston uh yeah. man that that shit like he is really good in that like that just that this reminded me a lot of that because a biography b boston so i was just like man like he's when he when he turns on the acting fucking tap like he's solid man oh absolutely um but um sorry my fucking i just oh yeah here we go um, George runs out on bail. He goes to see his parents, um, help take care of her, goes on the run. He visits his parents for the first time in a year and shares a drink with his dad before the police arrive suddenly. Uh, George's mother admits to calling the cops herself and tells George he needs to straighten his life out. Um, thanks, mom. You, you know, with a, you know, with hair like this and a face like Johnny Depp, I get fucking ass fucked to death in prison. Thanks, much. mom. 
I was like, dude, like, you stupid bitch, you have no fucking idea what you sentenced me to. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah I'm not going to have to worry about selling drugs when I can't walk straight when I get out of here. Thanks, Mom. Um, I'm going to have a yeah. fucking bloody ring around my asshole. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, like, you have no idea. That, that's somebody who has no idea of the prison system and what that shit does to people. Like, you fucking dumbass. Um we also get this this stuff between uh, him and his dad. I love this. You know, you're mad at me, aren't you? No, I I just don't want the hell you're doing. You know, I mean, the goddamn cops are after you. Um, I, this stuff's so great. Um, I love this this whole thing. May the what what does he say? This this toast that they have. I think they also do it at the end. It's it is so insanely like it's such a mouthful. And I'm like, dude, nobody actually says that, but before they go to drink, <laughs> because it's <laughs> it, it's like it's like a goddamn. Like it's uh, may the wind always be at your back and the sun upon your face and may the winds of destiny carry you aloft to dance with the stars. I mean, it's beautifully written, but I'm like, dude, that is such a mouthful. Like, give me the goddamn drink, dude. Um, But I just want to fucking drink this alcohol. Right. Yeah. Whatever they're drinking looks good. Um, (coughs) Oh, sorry. I've had like so much nasal and chest congestion still, dude. It's fucking pissing me off. Um. Oh, I just assumed you were doing coke. It's all right. Yeah, right. Uh, I thought about starting the episode. Be like, uh, so, uh, hey guys, uh, <laughs> uh, we got a great episode tonight. Like just being all <laughs> fucking coked out. Um, I love they're hauling off George, and his mom looks at the neighbor. What are you looking at, Mrs. Crazy? Your son's no prize. I'm like, that's a fucking good line. Love that line. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's improvised. Like that's fucking hilarious. Um, George is housed in the Federal Correctional Institute at Danbury, Connecticut, where he meets his cellmate, Diego Delgado. Um, do you know, well, we actually know we talked about this off air. Tell the good people at home who this actually is, Oheb. So Diego Delgado is actually, uh, the suit, the movie pseudonym for Carlos Enrique Lida Rivas. So, um, he was a big time player for the Medellin cartel, actually. He, yeah. uh, Man, what did what didn't he do, dude? Murder, kidnapping, drug trafficking. Um, eventually, he was sentenced to life in 1987, uh, plus 135 years. So there you go. Yeah, j- um, just for good uh, measure. <laughs> yeah, just for, just for good measure. So to make sure that he's actually dead when he's fucking, you know. But um, no. So the first time this wasn't the first time I've actually come across um. Reavers uh, in film like he was actually in Narcos he played a massive part in season two so yeah uh, like this this was because you asked me about him you're like like you're like do you know Carlos Lida and I was like I don't know Carlos Lida I know Carlos Lida Reavers because like they don't use his name obviously in this movie um, and in Narcos they refer to him as Reavers so yeah I was just like damn like yeah but he is a in the, in Narcos, he's portrayed to be a bit more of a hardened fucking criminal, uh, whereas in this, he's a little, uh, he's a little softer. Like I, I, I don't get the, I don't know. Like, what do you think about Revis in this? I, I I'm not gonna lie. Just he's as actually, a whole, as a whole, he's actually one of my favorite parts of this movie. The this actor that plays oh yeah, him. I agree. He does such a fucking phenomenal job. He crushes it as Diego Delgado. Uh, Jordan M- 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 Mola? Yeah, Jordi, yeah Jordi, Jordi or Jordi Muller. Um, I've seen um, him as well. Yeah, he was in Bad Boys 2 as the villain. Oh, okay. Yeah, he is fucking absolutely... So is Cliff Curtis, Pablo Escobar. Um, but I... 
I fucking loved him in this movie. He is eccentric. He's not, he doesn't seem like a violent psychopath. You know, he's not murdering people just for no good reason or anything like that. What's, what's actually interesting is his, the guy who's with him, his friend, uh, Cesar Rosa, the guy who's like, and whose clothes will be in the suitcase? Your clothes? Like that guy? That guy seems like the Carlos later. He seems like this crazy, I'll fucking jam my thumbs into your eyes and murder you right here, like kind of shit. Like that guy legitimately creeps me out. But with Carlos later, like there's nothing about Diego Delgado that really makes me feel like he's this crazy, intimidating kind of crime boss. He's kind of like right. a fucking dumbass. Like he gets caught for stealing cars and stupid shit. Like what the fuck? Um, also in real life, he's a fucking Nazi. Did you know that that they that they were affiliated with like Nazi party shit? Like his parents were like neo Nazi, like because apparently they were really influenced by the Nazis escaping to Argentina after World War II and stuff. Like there was a yeah. strong influence. I'm I'm reading it now. Ladoff founded a neo Nazi political party, the National Latin Movement, whose main function, police said, appeared to be for uh, sorry, appeared to be to force Colombia to abrogate its extradition treaty with the United States. Damn. Right, yeah, crazy shit. Um, to the point where he even, when they were going to extradite Carlos later, he was like, I'll pay off the nation's debt if you just leave me where I am. And they're like, no, we have to send you off. Like, dude dude was going to pay the entire Colombian <laughs> debt off. He and Escobar tried to do that both. Fuck. And they were like, no, we won't accept your money. And it's like, god damn, dude. Um, but um, but yeah, the, that that's all that I really know him from. Um, is this movie? I don't, I haven't watched any of Narcos. Um, I know that like this this whole thing with Carlos later. Um, you know, I know they they act like he cut George out for the greed part of it, but apparently, basically, what was going to happen was Carlos was at the end of his rope, and he was going to start snitching everybody out. George, Pablo, all these people, he was going to start snitching out, and George heard about it, and he was like, fuck that. He's like, you know, kind of like wanting to hit the button first before he does, um, and because of that, George Young served a 20-year prison sentence instead of 60 because he testified against Carlos later. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'd have done the same thing, dude. Fuck that guy. He, like, fucked you out of all your shit. Um, hell yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah. The, uh, this is where, uh, you know, they first meet the two bond quickly with Diego, finding out George is in for smuggling 660 pounds of pot into the States. Uh, Diego tells George he failed because he had the wrong dream and asks him, what do you know about cocaine? Um, I love this. We have him teaching the class. You don't know dick about smuggling no drugs like that dude in the class i love how every guy in the classroom is fucking black i was like dude really i was like god, <laughs> god damn dude i was like fuck um <clears throat> but he um yeah because that's exactly what he did he's like these people even if you're in for life you can still smuggle drugs like you can still make stuff in on the outside and get money sent to you in prison he's like it was really easy i was like holy shit um and we get this whole thing with him saying he's murdered somebody, and that's why he's in prison. Uh, oh, 24 months for murder. I must meet your lawyer. <laughs> like, this this shit's fucking good. Um, I loved, he's like, <laughs> he's like, George, George, have you ever had a dream? He's like, I would if I could get some fucking sleep. Um, all this shit's fucking hilarious between them. Um, but, um... Yeah, I asked him what he knows about cocaine. Over the remainder of their sentences, Diego educates George on cocaine, and George educates Diego on transporting. Uh, I walked into Danbury with a Bachelor of Marijuana and came out with a doctorate in cocaine. Oh, that's badass, dude. <laughs> that's a fucking badass Love line. It. 
Love it. Um, George is released and immediately flies to meet Diego and uh, Cesar Rosa in Colombia, breaking his parole. Uh, they agree to they agree to do one run for fifteen kilos as a sign of good faith, and then things get heated between Caesar and George. Um, yeah, this guy Caesar Rosa, this is the guy that fucking scares the shit out of me. Like this guy kind of terrifies me. Like there's something about the way that he looks. I'm like this guy looks like a great white shark. Like he's just these black eyes, just <laughs> un like just unpenetrated, just fucking non non wavering eyes, just like <clears throat> excuse me, staring like fucking right into you. I'm like, oh my god. Um. What do you think about George getting out of jail? Literally, he says, like, hey, the champagne's cold. And he's like, yeah, we need you to come to Columbia. Like, uh, yeah. okay. Wild. Wild. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, this is all escalating so quick, by the way. Like, literally not even, like, 10 minutes ago, movie time, he was in prison. <laughs> right. We're not even an hour into this movie yet. We're not even an hour. He's already gone from... From boy to college to pot to barber being dead to jail to cocaine to meeting Pablo in like an hour. I was like, God damn, this movie moves fast. But you know what's amazing is none of the stuff at the beginning feels like super rushed except for Barb's death. That's the only thing that seems like super duper rushed. Like we got the information that we needed. What's a testament to this movie and what I think is getting overlooked is the – like how amazing their friendship and everything feels in Mexico. Like, dude, wouldn't I would love to hang out with those people and fucking drink with them, like hang out poolside. Like they seem like they're having so much fun. And I think that's just kind of like the appeal about it. It's the same thing with Goodfellas. Like, oh, you're getting these fancy tables and, you know, people are bringing you bottles of champagne and, you know, you're getting all this money. But, you know, it's it, it's always it's a slippery the, slope. Right. It's it's the it's the it's the eyes of the snake that pull you in as the tail wraps around your legs. You know, it's right. like, oh, shit. Exactly. Like it's the, yeah. And you're not paying attention to it. Um, it's the dangers of ambition. It's the dangers of wanting to be something. Yeah, for sure. Right. The, the dangers of wanting to be something at all costs. Right. Of like right. Of, of just willing to sacrifice anything to do this. Um, I love this uh, getting heated between George and Caesar. He's like, and whose clothes would be in there? Your clothes? And it's just so quiet, and he's looking back and forth. Yeah. He's like, "Okay, uh, what the this fuck? You call me down here to you call me down here to talk about fucking clothes." Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, they go and they're doing this run to the local uh, local Logan International Airport with the fifteen <laughs> kilos. Um, I love him going through the airport security. He's like, uh, <clears throat> "These are clothes." He's like, "Yes, sir." And these, he's like, "He's got the underwear." He's like, "Ah." Oh. Old habits die hard. I'm like, okay, so are you saying you're are you saying you're a crossdresser or that you take I girls' panties after you're done? I think right. he was. Because I, I, I think that's an old school mentality of like banging a girl and then take a pair of her panties as like a trophy. And I was like, well, maybe that's it. But I was like, but maybe that's why the guy's just like, uh, fuck it. You can go. I'm not gonna sit here and talk by to the, this fucking crossdresser. By the way, I can't go past Mutton Chops Wolverine, Johnny Depp. I know, right? I'm like, dude. And like, you, you're coming from Columbia for one day with your Ted Nugent fucking look. Like, that's a bad look, man. Like, like you, you're kind of standing out like a sore thumb. Also, um, also, um, man, like, talk about way pre 9-11 airport security, dude. Like, you know right? what I mean? Oh, my God. Like, they're just like, like, hi, sir. Would you like a gun to carry on the plane? <laughs> like, yeah, thank you. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I I love uh, this quote here. When you're carrying drugs across the border, the idea is to remain calm. <laughs> Just that first line. Um, the way I do it is to think of something pleasant, a fun party, a moment of triumph, even a sexual encounter. 
I actually project myself to that place, a little transcendental meditation, if you will. The trick is to imagine every little detail, anything to keep your mind off the fact that you're going to jail for a very long time if they find the 15 kilos of blow in your suitcase. Oh, fuck. That's scary. It's a um, lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a story real quick. When I, in my younger days, I was probably 18, 19. Um, I actually was, I was buying, I was, you know, buying some weed, was younger and I'm, I'm, I'm buying some weed. I go and I get it. I'm about a mile away from where I'm going. I get pulled over by the cops and Ooh. I was like, oh no. And I, I just, it, it, it was my, my tags have expired. They took my ID. They took this, gave it, gave it right back to me and we're like, all right, cool. You're good to go. Just get your license taken, get your tax taken care of. I'm like, ah, yes, sir. <laughs> and they just like, let me go. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's fucking terrifying, dude. Just, a, yeah, just in my younger days. I'm like, oh, I've had, I've got some fucking crazy ass stories. Some that I can't tell on air. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I, 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 One day I love the when you're drunk. Yeah, one day as a as a bonus app when we launch a membership. Um, but um, George successfully makes his drop and plans move ahead for another job. This time with a private pilot. Um, goddamn, this shit with the pilot is where, dude, it just goes a whole other level down. Like we are descending like crazy. Um, this whole thing of you know I'm gonna refuel in the Bahamas and then we'll come back. Everybody's making what a million a piece. Um, God, the pilot being like, no, I want to. And he's like, oh, come on, Jack. That's such a great ring. No, you guys are just sitting on your ass while you make your money. You know, I'm the one taking all the risk. I want to. And he's like, we need pictures of your kids. He's like, what? He's like, we need pictures of your kids. We Fuck. need where they go to school. We're, I love, school. I love Cesar Rosa right there. He's like, we are trusting you with millions of dollars, Mr. Coca, with Coca, Mr. Stevens. He's like, um, there, without your kids, there is no deal. And just that guy barely hesitates. And he's like, He's he's so Fine. casual about it, dude. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Um, not to mention fucking Diego beating the fuck out of his wife. Like when she, when they start arguing, I was like, holy fuck, that's awkward. No, it's um, just another day in Colombia. Yeah, I guess so. Um I don't like the line as he's leaving. He's like, Oh, Mr. Stevens, don't forget the pictures. It's like, yeah, I, you know what? We Literally just had this conversation. I don't think I'm gonna forget, dude. Like, goddamn it! I can it. Like, tell I you right now that I'm not forgetting this encounter anytime soon. Right. I wish she had just said something else, like, "Oh, Mr. Stevens, bring us a picture of your wife too." I'm like, "Oh, like brings add something to it. Don't say the thing you literally just said." And I was like, I, "I don't know that. That's always bothered me. There's room right there for a really good line. Or honestly, it's fine if he just walks out of the room. It's even more ominous. Like, leave the conversation without some big badass one liner." But yeah, Diego asked George to pick up 110 pounds of cocaine for him. Uh, I love this. He's like, oh, I need a favor from you. He's like, uh, the favor? Go and pick up two kilos of cocaine. He's like, uh, he's like, not exactly a small favor. It's not like bumming a cigarette. He's like, uh, he's like, but fuck it. What else was I doing? It's not like I was on parole or anything. <laughs> he's just walking, walking there and picking it up. I'm like, dude, get a fucking car. Like, what are you crazy? But um, oh, and this is in Miami Beach, Florida, too, by the way. So he's traveling. Oh, like I assume flying across this across the country to do this because um, they're in California the whole time. Um, but uh, this whole thing with this guy fucking shoving the gun in his mouth and, you know, it's like, oh, you're George. Well, that explains everything. Open your mouth, George. He's like, get fucked. <laughs> like, dude, you could have some balls to tell these dude to go fuck themselves. Having a 40. I, I, I think that's a 45. I don't know. I'm not good with guns, but the cram in the fucking barrel of a 45 in your mouth and being like. 
hey, you tell Diego that I don't I don't appreciate him making me sit on the how long do you say they have it? Um he's been sitting on it for three weeks and tell George that he wants his money by the uh, he wants his money by Friday. Uh Friday. holy shit, yeah. dude. Like that's a lot did of he, cocaine to did sell. Did this happen? Did this actually happen? Um, I'm not sure. Um is <clears throat> it's kind of hard to separate fact from fiction in a lot of this stuff because it's there the there's like what George Young says. There's what the guy who's the book that he wrote about George Young says. There's just kind of varying accounts as well, especially with the success of stuff like Narcos and shit like that. Like it just kind of like m- m- like m- like muddles things up even more, I guess. Um, but uh, while at home, um, George gets a call from Diego who says that he is in jail in Mexico and he will he will have to sell the two kilos on his own. Um that's fucking terrifying. Uh, dude's never sold cocaine in his life except for this one thing they've done. And he's like, well, I guess I'm going to hit up fucking Derek for real. So, yeah, three days later, George meets uh, back up with Derek for real, who helps him sell the 110 pounds in 36 fucking hours. Fuck. Um, and I don't want to go past this whole scene with them. You know, pure coke uh, melts at about 185, 190 degrees. Do you know who this guy is? The guy no, behind the bar who's familiar? like. That's Bobcat Goldwaite. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Hey, you know, I've got some coke. <laughs> like, dude, yeah, because I love that he's like 130, 140. Fuck me running. 150, 160, 170. Like, he's fucking going crazy. Oh, shit. Um, it is Bobcat Gold- Goldwaite. The fuck? Yeah, super random. Uh, Johnny Depp, Paul Rubens, and Bobcat Goldwaite all standing around doing blow. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought this this was like thing, a weird I dream I had. Yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard this quoted so many times. After he snorts it, he's like, "I can feel my face." I mean, like, I could, I could touch it, but I can't feel it. Like, dude, that is, I can't feel I've inside. Heard that quoted. Yeah, I've heard that quoted so many fucking times. Um, <laughs> this whole conversation between them is great, and he's like, uh, he's like, "Well, what do you think?" He's like, "I mean, it's great, but what am I supposed to do with it, George?" He's like, "Fucking sell it." He's like. George, I haven't seen you in two years, and you show up at my door with 110 pounds of fucking blow? <laughs> like, that's a good point. <laughs> but uh, they end up selling it in fucking 36 hours. Uh, I think you deeply underestimated the market. Well, that's going to take us longer to count it than it did to sell it. Um, George flies down to Miami for the drop-off and is taken on the plane to Medin to meet with Pablo Escobar. There, they discuss the logistics of running cocaine to America and the headache of Diego's arrest for Pablo. Uh, George refuses to work without him, though, and soon a deal is made. Um, holy shit, this whole shit. I mean, Dude. Oh, talk to All me right. about this. Cliff talk Curtis. Cliff Curtis as uh, Pablo. I Okay, look, I like Cliff Curtis. Uh, everything that he's been in, I've always been like, yes, man, this guy's awesome. Fucking training day. Uh, for for for, yeah. for example, man, you ever get your shit pushed in? <laughs> um, then no, he's awesome. I like him. I like him a lot. I didn't know that he was from fucking New Zealand, which is wild. Um, oh, wow. No, I didn't yeah. either. He's a Kiwi. So it was really difficult for me to watch someone else other than Wagner Mura play Pablo Escobar. Because after Narcos, man, I'm just like, I. it's tough. It's, it's really tough. But I think he does a good job. Like, you know, he does the... He does the, the sort of like friendly yet authoritative yet fucking downright horrifyingly scary uh mix of Pablo Escobar really well in this in this one scene that he has. Yeah, I especially love when he's like uh 
when when he, when he's talking to George and he's like uh he's like you know I, he's like you know uh, you know th- this whole thing with with Diego in the cars it's a problem and he points to the guy he just shot it's like I don't like problems <laughs> he's like ah oh, no I right, understand right. I understand um but he's he's just so charming you know he comes across as just just like this tall confident um just force of nature and I I love that just seeing him cross the field shoots that guy in the fucking head like it's nothing and they said this is Absolutely, hundred percent true. I, I I listened to an interview with George Young where George Young will not talk about two things in interviews. I watched about thirty interviews with him getting ready for this, and they said that he will not talk about the violence at all. Like somebody asked him, they're like, they're like, how have what has changed you in the violence that you've seen? And he's like, I don't want to talk about that. He's like, the only thing I'll say is like the scene of him in Blow where he walks up and shoots the guy in the head and just hands the gun off. Was it, it was even worse in real life because Pablo literally was like, "Oh, hold on, just a second, George," and just walked over like he was taking a phone call, shot the dude, and walked Fuck. right back. He was like, what were you? What, what were you saying? Like he he was it was like so nonchalant for him, so casual um, about it, man. Like like this, like I mean, like this is a guy who blew up a fucking commercial airliner just to get to a witness, right? Yeah, um, just I mean, at all ends, like what the fuck. But the uh, one of the interesting things was the fact that, um, you know, Pablo Escobar, <clears throat> especially with with George Young, you know, he kind of didn't want Diego, which is interesting because Diego ended up being the one who bought Norma's K and ran all of the shit for like four or five years until like 82 or 83. But he did not want Diego or Carlos or whatever. Um, you know, th- that's so funny that we've got. George, who was like, I don't do business without him. I've got to have him, blah, blah, blah. And he ends up being the one to fuck you out of it. That is so ironic and just crazy. Um, but I I love this this whole thing between the two of them, especially when they start when when they start going on about um, you know, where he's like, Oh, you know, thank you for welcoming me to your beautiful country. He's like, Beautiful, yes, but it's poor. You know, Mota, uh, Coca, this is our main exports, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I, there's something deceptive about him as Pablo Escobar, because like he is so, he's so cool and he just kind of pulls you in. And when he's nice, it's awesome. But dude, when he turns that 180, it, like, oh my God, it's like fucking scary how right. bad. You, it you seems like, like it seems you. like the cogs are always turning in his, in his head. Like, it seems like that he's always like thinking like two to three steps forward and he's just like well if this fucks up then i'm just getting rid of this guy like you know what i mean like it seems like he's always ahead of the curve right exactly um i love when he's like you know i won't do business without diego and he stops and he points at him and he's just kind of like he's looking back and forth he's like it's really contento but yeah this is where um yeah the uh, george flies down they talk about the logistics of cocaine um, George refuses to work without him, though, and soon a deal is made. Um, I love this is where we get this montage um, of cocaine exploded upon the American culture like an atomic bomb. It started in Hollywood and moved east in no time. Everyone is doing it, and I mean everyone. We invented the marketplace. In fact, if you snorted cocaine in the late 70s or the early 80s, there is an 85% chance it came from us. Let that fucking sink in. Fuck. Dude, like, fuck. God I, damn. I, that blew my mind. Like, do you know, like, have you ever heard, I'm actually going to Google this real quick, this myth about um, the amount of American money covered in cocaine? Have you ever heard of this? Mm, no. 
it's actually I, I've heard this before that there is an insane amount of cocaine that has contaminated U.S. currency because people have rolled up one dollar bills to snort cocaine with. And that Fuck. it was so common. It was so common in the eighties that it was like the majority of U.S. money has cocaine all over. It's it. just been in and circulation, I, yeah. Right. This uh, Scientific American for cocaine users: a rolled up twenty dollar bill may be the most convenient tool for snorting the uh, powder form of the drug, or so it would seem from a new analysis with two hundred thirty four banknotes from eighteen U.S. cities that found cocaine on ninety percent of the bills tested. Ninety percent <laughs> of two hundred thirty four. Banknotes from different fucking banks across the nation. That's insane. Holy that's, fuck. That's actually insane. Yeah. Perhaps that's not surprising, given that the U.S. Office of National Drug Control Policy reports that more than 2 million Americans used cocaine in 2007. Um, so this is a bit older. It's probably... I, I would not surprise me if, if, if that's not as high anymore. Cocaine's kind of like... It's a dirty drug, man. Most people I know that like want to do cocaine are like... Some white trash pieces of shit, to be honest. <laughs> like, like younger people don't do that now. Like when I was younger, people were doing like Molly and ecstasy and shit. Like people weren't doing it's coke. still this it's still fun. Molly and ecstasy. Yeah, I was gonna say you know most people just don't want to do that shit anymore. Like coke's just dirty, man. Um, yeah, but I, I tell you what, I think we're at about the halfway point. What do you say we go ahead and take a break right here? Hell yeah, dude. No worries. Sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome. Guys, don't go anywhere. We will be right back with the second part of our coverage of Blow. Well, 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 look who made it this far into the episode. Just while we're taking a quick break here, we've got a few things that we just wanted to put out there for any newcomers, or if you're not part of our growing community, maybe this could benefit you too. Firstly, we just want to let the newbies know about our episodes and the way Midnight Double Feature currently is structured. As you know, right now you're listening to one of our feature presentations. When we started the podcast, we basically built the show around our feature presentations. These are movies that we choose to cover and basically go through everything in the movie that's worth talking about sequentially. These episodes are generally longer and we're definitely looking at ways to spice up our feature presentations by hopefully getting guests on. We also have our upcoming attractions episode. Typically, these come out during the week and are much more shorter than our feature presentations. These are hosted by Matt Vell and basically consists of a conversation between Matt and I about any movie news that's worth talking about, quick reviews of movies that are out of the cinema and other hijinks. Finally, we have our special features. These are usually one-off special episodes that are mostly experimental and don't really have any specific definition. They could be a sit-down with a cast or crew member, a conversation between the hosts, or just a straight-up different thing that might not even relate to film. Before I let you get back to the episode, I just wanted to thank our listeners and supporters. We definitely couldn't have done any of this without your guys' constant support. If, for some reason, you're not a part of our growing community, head to our socials. We've got two pages on Facebook, Midnight Double Feature, which is our main page and has our formal announcements, and we also have the After Party, which is where we post memes, news, and teasers of what's to come on Midnight Double Feature. We're also on Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature, and Twitter, which is at MDFPod. You can also send us an email if you have any grievances or would like to let us know what we're doing wrong. That's uh, MidnightDoubleFeature at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, guys. Back to the show. Hey, guys, what's going on? Welcome back. We're going to jump right back into our second half of Blow. But before we do, we are freshly squeezed. Freshly squeezed. 
<laughs> freshly. <laughs> fresh, fuck. Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, fuck yeah. Just hear, um, just hear us headbutting our own doors, like <laughs> punching holes through drywall. Uh, um, <laughs> hell yeah. Well, yeah, jumping right back in, we get this awesome montage of them just exploding to uh, this song, Blinded by the Light. I always thought this was ELO. This is actually Manfred Mann's Earth Band Institute. Blinded by the Light. I always thought this was ELO for the longest time. Um, but um, but I, I was proven wrong. Um, but we get this, we get this great, mo- yeah, <laughs> we get this great montage, um, with them just, you know, living the life of excess women, cars, there's horses, them snorting coke off like people's fucking tits and shit. Like I actually went through and started randomly pausing it on pictures just to see. And I was like, holy shit, there's some crazy ass pictures in there. Um, but um, this is where we get the whole thing. If you snorted any coke through the late 70s, early 80s, 85% chance it came through us. Um, they're trying to figure out this money. Is it 2.5? Is it 3 million? You know, they're starting to just weigh it now. Um, this this house just filled with cash. Like George Young literally said, they they said, how what was it like having all that cash? He said, honestly, it got to a point that it was like a complete nuisance. He's like, it was such a pain in the ass. He's like, because if anybody randomly decided to stumble into that house while we weren't there. He's like, imagine the payday that you just walked into. He's like, it was such oh, a fuck it was yeah. ridiculous. It was a fucking ridiculous mess that we had to deal with. Dude, um, this is a weird, uh, like a fun, like a little movie connection. So uh, Jordi or Jordi Muller, who plays Diego, um, like I said earlier, he, he was in Bad Boys too. And um, in that, he's also a massive sort of like drug dealer. He's like a, a kingpin. And um, I can't remember. I don't think it was cocaine. I think it might have been heroin. But essentially, in that movie, he's hiding like like he's he's got like a whole room for like cash, right? And like he's got this problem of like the rats just eating it, like re- eating through the money. And uh, like all I can like imagine in this movie is just like Yordi Muller just losing his shit because the rats are eating his money. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. The real George Young said that was also a problem. He's like, we oh, lost really? like. He said we would lose up to like a million dollars a month in just rats eating our our cash. Wow. Like, holy god damn, that's crazy. Um but this is uh we see the boys depositing their money into Escobar's bank, uh instead of wandering it through the stage for a sixty percent uh surcharge fee. I love that he's like, keep forty percent of my money. I don't think so. <laughs> um but this is a Panamanian bank. I guess they don't they don't have any kind of um they're they're not you know, it doesn't have anything to do with the U.S. There's no way the U.S. could seize their assets uh, at the but time. But here's the thing. It's Noriega's bank. It's Manuel Noriega's bank. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like. Think about, think about the corruption there. Fuck. Right, exactly. I mean, fuck, even Escobar keeps his money here. You know, there's a reason why. It's because they can do whatever and fucking get away with it. Um, oh, and uh, Diego gets married here. Um at the reception, George meets uh, Myrtha, who is engaged to Caesar, but the marriage is quickly broken apart by Ooh. George's dick. <laughs> yep, yep, pretty much, man. What do you think of Penelope? Uh, what do you think of Penelope Cruz here? Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, like, I was waiting for her to show up because I knew she was in this. I was just like, when? When do we? Get, when do we get to Penelope, dude? Like, I was just like, this is. It's been an hour, and the second build person the actress has not shown up i was like what um but yeah like uh honestly i was not a fan of her character um i was not a fan of 
this whole thing because I've seen it before. Um, I've seen it done before. Like it's just not something new to me now. It's just like and now now to me it's like it's like a stereotype. I mean, like take away from the fact that you know Penelope Cruz is one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Um, like of course. By the way, fucking married to um, Javier Bardem. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you lucky bastard. But anyway, so. I've seen that, like, we'll get to it soon. It's actually, like, very soon. Like, there's this really, like, there's this moment where the the lead gets, like, falls in love with her at, like, first sight. It's literally, like, this exact moment. This happens in Goodfellas. This happens in... Oh, no, I don't think it happens in Goodfellas. I think it happens in Casino, but same shit. It happens in Casino, you know, Robert... Uh, Robert De Niro sees Sharon Stone from across the fucking way and like, you know, he's like, who is that? Blah, blah, blah. There's this little honeymoon period, like same shit happens in Good Goodfellas, dude. Honeymoon period, you know, the couple's happy and then hard cut to like the wife absolutely losing her mind and arguing with the fucking, like the lead. And I'm just like, man, I've seen this shit. Like I, I've like, it, I, I don't know. I'm not on board with it. I'm, I'm done with it. See, and my, my thing is just like, I, I, I like her character because it's 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 one of those things where <clears throat> but I feel like in those movies, like they just kind of end up being, you know, like Karen and Goodfellas. She's not the reason why like there's like a downfall. Like and, and I'm not blaming her for George's decisions. George did what he did, but she has like Martha has like a direct link in getting him caught. And I think that's what's interesting about it is the fact that you know, what did you think was going to happen when you decided to break up the marriage of a Colombian, you know, drug lord and his fiance? Like, she's probably not the most reputable person in the right. world. Like, like when the chips are down, this chick is not going to have your back versus somebody who, like Barbara, absolutely would have. It wasn't really about the money. Uh, but with Murtha, you can tell it's it's about the fucking lifestyle. It's about the money. This this also reminded me of Scarface. Like, uh, in, in Scarface... Uh, uh, who was the who was in Scarface again? Was it Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So El, she played Elvira. Um, yeah, and she was also like, wasn't she the wife or the the girlfriend of like one of the bosses or some shit? Yeah, she was Frank's lady at yeah. first before they mur before they murder him. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like her performance here. Um, I just I, I like I and I I like the. I think it does add an extra layer in the fact that she is engaged to this Caesar Rosa guy because. You know, he breaks up this marriage and he's like, you know, breaking up a Colombian wedding is not an easy task, you know, especially when it's a drug lord. But, you know, I didn't give a fuck because I was untouchable. I was Escobar's guy. And I, I think that's one of the interesting things is it shows you the power that George Young has, you know, and he's a fucking he's a fucking gringo. You know, he's a fucking Americano. And like this guy has that much pull with with these people. Um which he even says later on, he's like, I was just a gringo to them until, you know, I married Martha and then that all changed. He's like, he's like, I'm not just, you know, some white dude anymore. Like, yeah, he married into the family, so to speak. Right. So I do think it adds an interesting dynamic in that and that I haven't seen before is the fact that even though that he is this like big badass, you know, drug dealer guy, he still kind of needs her to get himself into the fold like completely. I do think that's kind of interesting. Um but uh, but I mean, Penelope Cruz just kind of knocks it out of the fucking park. Like she does a great job with like he's sitting there, she's sitting there snorting coke. He's like, "Hey, cut that shit out! You're pregnant." She's like, "Oh, but don't be such a fucking hypocrite." <laughs> like, like her the like her when the when when the ups are up, you can tell like she plays Martha really well. Like she's just just 
free spirited. Oh, everything's great. Isn't it great? And, you know, she can tell she's high as fuck. But then when the chips are down, it's like, holy fuck, is she just a crazy fucking bitch, man? Um, but, um, oh, and this is where they also talk this about. This is why we got to praying up. Yeah. Um, this is where, you know, they're also talking about George's California, California connection, um, where he won't tell Diego, he won't tell any of the other guys. Uh, and the real George Young was like, I didn't do that because this was my this was my insurance policy. He was like, this is, I, you know, what I knew was going to keep me in the game. He's like, because if I if I gave them, you know, my guy, well, why wouldn't they cut me out? So he, that's de- deliberately why he did it for a long time. And it, and it kept him alive as well. He's like, I knew they would never try and kill me or do anything crazy while I had this this connection in California. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, so they get married. Uh, George and uh, Mirtha get married. We see George's parents come for a visit. We also find out that, uh, that Mirtha is pregnant. Um, I love this conversation between him and his dad where he's like, you know, I got some stocks and bonds and my investments are doing really. He's like, oh, OK, cut that bullshit right now. <laughs> he's like, stocks and bonds. <laughs> he's not buying it. Right. Like you have all the you have a garage filled with like badass, like older sports cars and like a fucking like you're living on Skywalker, the Skywalker ranch of cocaine. Like what the nice. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, but um. And yeah, just I love these scenes between him and his dad. We just see this every once in a while. We see it at the beginning when he's a kid. We see it when he goes back and he's like, George, you would have been great at anything. I love that. He's like, yeah, great at what I do, Dad. George, you would have been great at anything. And then, you know, we get the scene with him at his house in Columbia. You know, he's like, it's nice to have nice things, George. He's like, but are you happy? He's like, yeah, at the moment I am happy, Dad. You know, and he's like, you know, I'm not I'm not dumb. He's like, I know what you're doing. I don't know the whole lot of it, but I get it. Um, and I think that's really cool. I, I love these scenes between Ray Liotta and Johnny Depp. I like them too. They're, honestly, prob- probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it's great. The, the chemistry between them is really excellent. And I think that it helps having Ray Liotta having played a character who is ex- who is basically the, you know, like the beta version of, of George Young. You know, this this character like Henry Hill, right. not, not right. you know, si- similar, but not the exact same. But this also moves us right into... Um, you know, Diego and George having the sale at the hotel and Diego freaking out because he's not wanting to tell him his California connection. You you brought your wife, your fucking bitch wife. And it's like, dude, the way they treat women as well in this is just insane, especially George is a little bit different. And I, I think that's done intentionally. I, I don't think he was it's quite the knight in shining armor as they make him out to be in the movie. But, the, I mean, these guys, these, like, South American guys don't give a fuck, dude. Like, fucking beating the shit out of them, calling them bitches and shit. And I was like, dude, this is this is nuts. Like, it, like, it, it, like, like just the the afterthought that they are, you know, just it's like, oh, they're just a possession. Can you imagine if this story was made today? <laughs> like, like all the, the fucking women's rights activists that would, like, round the corner. And like with their fucking posters and their fucking signs. Hey, take that back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't talk to us. Go talk uh, to Carlos later. <laughs> um, right, exactly. <laughs> but at the sale, they begin to argue. Uh, George refuses to sell California connection. Uh, but and George is shot in the ensuing chaos. Uh, and Dude. afterwards arranges. Yeah. And, and finally arranges to meet up with Derek for real. Derek fucking for real. Um Holy shit, him getting shot in so close to his fucking heart. Oh my yeah. god, dude. Like two inches to the left and you're dead as a motherfucker, but man. Just how um, he plays it off as well. Like, you know, it's just like it's not that big of a deal. We gotta we gotta we gotta be calm about this. We gotta be fucking professional. Um, yeah, I, I love Johnny Depp is excellent here, dude. This is all Johnny Depp. 
Oh, absolutely. And he's like, no, 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 story BN, Toto, Toto SBN. It's like, uh, Toto S no BN, motherfucker. Like that is like, that is not, um, that is, that is not good. Um, but yeah, they finally set up this meeting between, uh, Derek Friel and Diego Delgado, uh, in real life, Diego Delgado or Carlos Slater, when he met him, he was like, oh, he's like, so you're the man who makes cocaine disappear in 36 hours, you know, versus Pablo originally said that to George when they first met. But then when Carlos or Diego met, um, Derek Friel, that's when he was like, oh, you're the one who makes the cocaine disappear. He's like, George is, and I mean, I gotta admit, George Young was basically just a middleman. He wasn't selling shit. Like he was just he was the one, you know, taking the risk and getting the pilots and at first doing his own flights. But I, like from a I hate to say it as fucked up as it is from a business standpoint, like it does make sense. Like why? Like and this guy, we're paying him how much money to do just to be a middleman? Like he's not the one hitting the streets or, you know, he's a, he's a connection. Yeah, sure. But like. Like, do you see what I mean, though? I know that's kind of callous, but like. You know, the the less steps, the better. The less hands this 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 swaps with. You know, the right. less risk there is. The less people, the better. Um, as much as I hate it, I, I can see why they did it. Right. There's less room room for error. Like you know, um, like and the the more far, like the more for, the sorry, the more further you are away and more further you are removed from it, the better as well. So, yeah, like the less links in the chain, um. The better it will work, so for sure. Sorry, I'm just over here. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, nice. Doing a bump. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) You need another bump to get you going. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um. But at a New Year's Eve party, George's worst forms are uh, are confirmed. I was doing. I was doing Inspector Kemp from Young Frankenstein. Confirmed. Um. George's worst fears are confirmed when Diego begins making multiple runs off Norman's K, an island he has purchased as a shipment base for smuggling. Um, I love this. Uh, I love the saying where he's talking. This is this is Noriega that he's talking to at the party, right? This guy who owns the bank. Is that Noriega? I think it's Noriega. Um, because it can't be, dude. Like the fucking president of Colum- like of Panama. Oh, never mind. No, no, no. I'm thinking of uh, he plays uh, Augusto. I'm sorry, Augusto is the the guy who's kind of setting all this up. The guy with the mustache and the um, yeah. he's the one who tells him that he's been fucked over. But no, it's um, yeah. Th- there's no way fucking. There's no way uh, Manuel Noriega is involved in this, dude. Like that guy. That guy was yeah was head honcho of of Panama. Well, fuck him, dude. I don't give a fuck. He's Noriega, goddamn. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the, no, this is Augusto, uh, Augusto Alivras, uh, I guess. Um, but he's the one who's, I guess, been kind of, uh, he's part of this whole uh, Medin con- uh, cartel thing. Um, but he is the one that puts the word in George's ear, doesn't he? Um, he's the one telling him, hey, you know, there's this. I, I love. I, I yeah I love George. He's like he's like uh, he's like who's the fuck who the fuck is this guy Norman K? <laughs> like it's like yeah like at first you would think that's like he a thinks person, it's a not person. A place. Yeah yeah this this whole thing of him confronting Diego and Derek is is fucking great. Um, you know him calling him and saying I'm wearing lipstick. I want to look pretty while I'm getting fucked. You know and this is nothing personal, George. You know this is between you and Diego. I love you. This is business. Um, you know and and right here is a great spot for George just to say I'm done. I made seventy million dollars. I can retire. I mean, if I've like I'm married. I have one kid, and I can never touch this shit again. Take my money and make legit business. You know, play the stock market, do real estate, and not ever have to worry about this. Um, but it's kind of like um, 
like uh, like Rick Ross, you know, the drug dealer Rick Ross, the real Rick Ross, not the rapper. I don't, uh, yeah, I do know the real Rick Ross. Yeah. OK. Now, he said the same thing. He was like, you know, why, they were like, why didn't you ever stop? And he's like, because I wasn't on the street selling drugs. I was fucking writing checks and doing paperwork. And like I was in a building, I was in an office. It's like, I'm not I'm not sitting here on the street shooting at people selling fucking crack. He's like, you know, that that's not me. He's like, I was in an office all day. Um, he's like, it was just easy. It's so fucking stupidly easy. Um, but um, the I, I like the fact that it's just a phone call with Derek. But with Diego, he literally goes to Norman's K. And um, dude, fucking Diego is losing it, man. He's uh man, he's got the coke sweats and uh like the double blinking. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's not looking good, dude. He's not looking good. No, in fact, this I think this guy he he does performances that like Jared Leto wish he, wishes he could do. Like like <laughs> like he 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 reminds me of like a um like a south of the border kind of like Jared Leto. And I was like, he's, I mean, he's such a better actor than Jared Leto for sure. But I was like, this reminds me of something that Jared Leto would, would try and do and fail at the, the facial ticks. His eyes were like, George, no, I would never betray you. And his eyes are like real big he's, and they'll get he's, small. He's definitely stuff. got the, yeah, he's definitely got the over the top shit down pat. Um, but dude, I don't want to go past Jared Leto as a good actor, man. I think he is a good actor. Um, I'm just going to put that out there. Like, have you seen Dallas Buyers Club, dude? That shit is insane. See, I I like his older stuff more than his like newer stuff. I mean, he's great in Blade Runner. He's a he's a good actor, but there's just times where he goes over the top <laughs> with shit. I mean, Wreck Room for a Dream is good. Lord of War is good. Prefontaine is good. It's like one of his first big movies from the '90s. Um, but there's something about like his later roles that he just gets kind of I don't know. He it, his over the top is not a good over the top. This guy's got it on lock, and that's what I like about it is it's over the top, but he just pulls it back right at the last second, you know, and he's like. Like, okay, maybe I did fuck you over a little bit, you know, and they all kind of start laughing. Um, but he goes through this whole list, you know, who introduced you to Pablo Escobar? Who introduced you to your fucking wife? You know, who protected you when my friend Cesar Rosa wanted to slit your throat? Um, and he pulls a gun on Diego. Not a good idea, by the way. Not a good idea. Like, especially if it's not even loaded, don't even bring that shit here. Like, that's a fucking right. bad idea. Um, and uh, they proceed to take him out back and beat the holy fuck out of him. Um, I do actually like the added touch of Diego, like the, the, we see him getting beaten up out of frame in the background and we can see the regret in Diego. Like, and I, I don't, I don't think that probably happened in real life, but I was just about to say that. Yeah. I like the fact that he does show some kind of remorse as a character because they have built, you know, he, dude, you're at my wedding. He's like, I love you. You're my brother and blah, blah, blah. And to see this like betrayal of that, um, he does, you can tell that he doesn't, he has some kind of guilt about it. And I, and I do like that kind of touch. It would have been really easy just to vilify him and say, well, he's a bad guy now. And this is the last we'll see him by, you know, but we actually leave with Diego feeling some kind of resentment at the fact that this has to be done but it had to be done um but yeah they fucking god they fucking put the boots to him slamming his head into that tree they fucking punch him hit him in the face with the rifle slam his head into the tree and he comes home with like a swollen eye i was like no 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 like <laughs> you have a you have a concussion dude this motherfucker would look like Eric Stoltz from Mask by the time he got home you know what I mean, you know what I mean? have you ever seen Mask with Eric Stoltz yeah um no i've heard of it but like i yeah, it, it's uh, that's a fucking elephant face, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's like he would come on looking like like fucking Mr. Potato Head over here, and I was like, dude, there's no way. Like Johnny Depp comes home with like 
barely a swollen eye. I was like, dude, Sylvester Stallone looked worse in Rocky after getting punched a thousand times. Like, you got hit in the head with a rifle butt. Like, fuck off, dude. Um, but this is where George says, fuck it. He's like, I'm out. Um, and, um, you know, he ends up kind of, and I, I like the fact, I like Penelope Cruz here. She's really, you can tell she's really worried her. She seems genuine. You know, she seems like she's genuinely upset by this, you know, and who wouldn't be your husband coming home and his fucking side of his face swollen up saying, yeah, I'm done. You know, they cut me out. Fuck it. I'm, I'm done. Um, and, um, yeah. And George confronts two of them. Uh, George returns home to Mirtha looking like Eric Stoltz in mask <laughs> and says that he has done smuggling, but definitely not done snorting that shit, though. Dude's nose is like a goddamn Hoover vacuum. <laughs> like, dude, dude the, he goes off the fucking uh, deep end here, man. Dude, I mean, the whole thing about him being like, you know, I went and you know, I was done selling and I was done, you know, I was cutting back, I was done snorting. He's like, well, maybe not completely done. And just uh, the the Leonard Skinner playing is he's like in a minute, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute. He's like just going around the room like crazy as they're screaming for him. It's really, 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 really good editing, and it's like a mini montage of its own. You know? Yep, I dig it. I dig it. This whole thing with um, this whole thing with Christina being born and him fucking ODing in the delivery room, like holy fuck! fuck. What did you think about this? <laughs> did dude, dude, dude? Like I saw him standing there and his hands shaking, and I'm like. You're about to collapse, and lo and behold, and you collapse. But like, did this happen? Is that real? I I couldn't verify it. Um, I I I would not surprise me. I mean, anybody who does drugs for that long of amount of time, I mean, you're that's probably going to happen at some point. If you're if you're snorting that much cocaine, like it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, if it, if it were true, because to hear about this guy walking away like completely uns, unscathed, like health wise from fucking drugs, would just be unbelievable so like i i believe it's probably true maybe it didn't happen literally him passing out in the fucking delivery room so dramatic and you know oh that's a coincidence but i do think that this probably happened the thing that i call bullshit on is when he says he's like oh you know um the uh, the human body can usually stand between one and 1.5 grams of cocaine a, a day depending on body weight now i was up to five or six grams a day i believe that I don't believe the next part when he's like, I once snorted 10 grams in 10 minutes. I was like, no, yeah. fuck that. I was like, I yeah. no, I don't think that's Fabrication. true. Because, yeah, I was like, dude, if you're if you're averaging, if you can handle five or six a day, you would die snorting 10 in 10 minutes. I was like, I mean, maybe it's just some weak ass shit you're snorting. I don't know. It's like, but dude, 10 grams in 10 minutes, like, you'd be fucking dead as a doornail, man. There's no fucking way. Um but yeah, he um, he passes out. They you know they 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 plug him up. They I, I like I like the way the doctor says he's like you know you got a daughter now. Why don't you stay with us for a while? <laughs> he's like you know I have no moral stake in this whether you quit doing drugs or not. He's like I don't give a fuck. He's like but as a doctor, you know, he's like I got to tell you something. Um, and yeah, I mean, did you, dude? Their daughter? Did you catch who their daughter is? Yeah, Emma Roberts, dude. Fucking in a really yeah. early role. Yeah, I was looking at this. I was like, holy shit, this reminds me of like some Mara, Do Mara. Oh, God, what's her name? She's the little girl in Mrs. Doubtfire. I think it's Mara Dawson. Mara Wilson. Mara Wilson. Mara Wilson. Um, yeah. Yeah. It reminded, it reminded yeah. me of Natalie Portman, except just minor. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. This whole thing of basically George is just taking the uh, the quiet life now. Um, George decides to quit snorting and selling and takes an active role as a parent and settles down into the quiet life. 
until uh, Mirtha throws George a 38th birthday party where old friends and cocaine are abundant and the fucking waiters are cops. Um, <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to go past. We also get the reunion of Derek and, and George as well. Um, we find out that Diego ended up fucking him out as well. So I'm sure he was just playing leapfrog and just fucking jumping over these guys as soon as he found out who was who. Um, dude, the way Paul Rubens looks, I'm like, dude, you look like, <laughs> like you look like you just walked out of a fucking like one of the extras for a flock of seagulls video, like the one earring and the oh. and the, and the really. The, the, like the silver jacket and the little tie. I was like, oh, man. But they, they actually do a good job of aging both of them up here. I do like that. They look genuinely older. Like Johnny Depp's hair kind of looks like shit. Like he looks like looks like he's been like listening to 80s rock and smoking non, non-filtered cigarettes all day. You know, he's kind of got that tired, more tired look to him now. Which which works in the context of the story. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and Mirtha, I mean, good God, her being... Just like she has a fucking candy bowl filled with cocaine. Like, I mean, I know that's probably nothing compared to what they're normal, like used to doing back in the day. But like if I walked into a room and there was a candy dish filled with cocaine, I'd be like, uh, am I Bobby Brown or Whitney Houston's house? Like, where the fuck am I? Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like, I'm the only guy who fucking gets busted for waiters. He's like, maybe it was the cocaine buffet or the list of um, <laughs> or the list of like South American last names, but they were fucking waiting for me to slip up. And I did. Yeah, that's this shit sucks. This shit's just where we get the first taste of him losing his daughter, seeing her getting pulled out of the house and her staring at him the whole time. Oh, it's so sad, man. It's so sad. What did you think of Emma Roberts in this? She was great, especially uh, towards the end, man. Like when, you know, when they're talking to each other, like she was fantastic. I was just like, damn, you are a a little bit of a child prodigy. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't think she's that great of an actress now. Um, you know, I, maybe maybe I'm just putting a bit more weight into it because, you know, she's acting as a child and like, you know, I'm just a bit like, man, like imagine acting as a child. Like that's going to be so fucking rough. But yeah, like like she's fantastic in her in her um sequences later with 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 Depp in in the prison for sure. Oh yeah, that's where she absolutely crushes it, and especially later on when they're reestablishing that relationship. Um, but George is arrested. He signs a plea deal saying that everything at the party was his, that his guest had no idea. But in return, he also demands uh, Christina be released from protective custody, and she and Mirtha be back on a plane going home before he signs anything. Um, I I love the guy <laughs> and being like, oh, he's like, oh. Let me get a pack of Coors or something like that. He's like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, dude, that guy with the mustache and him is such a dumbass. Like the whole time, the whole time I'm like this, this, this guy sleeps with like his boots on and a gun in his underwear. Just in case, like just in case, you know, just in case. Like this is the guy that Ben Affleck is talking about in the town that tucks his fucking pants into his socks because he thinks something's yeah, going to happen at any time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This guy's such a dumbass. Um so, yeah, he takes the plea deal. I love him dodging the ashtray and putting his fucking cigarette out on the table, um, like fucking defiant till the end. Um, but, yeah, just like in the past, uh, George posts bail and skips town and goes on the run. Uh, but not before he visits his parents uh, one last time. Um, God, this is fucking this is Ray Liotta at his best in this movie. This is my favorite scene. With I him. agree. Um 
I, I and I love the touch of his mom. Not like she she's barely even in focus. We don't see her at all. Like 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 she just won't even come out of the room. Won't acknowledge him. Literally just says, "I don't have a son." That's it. It's like God damn. Um, but Ray Liotta absolutely crushes it here. Um, that's when he's when he's saying, you know, the, he's like, well, what's going on? He's like, you're not going to trial. He's like, no, dad. He's like, you know, no. He's like, so this is it. He's like, no, I mean, I hope not. And, um, you know, that you can tell that the, like they he wants to go in for that hug. He wants to have that that moment because in the back of their heads, both of them know this is it. I think they both know. They're like, yeah, this is the last time I'm probably going to see you because. Yeah, you'd kind of get that feeling, right? Right. It's like, I can't ever come back here again and I'm going to have to go into hiding. Like, I, I, like, I can't come out into normal public. I'm definitely not going to be hanging out around here. They're going to be fucking waiting for me. Um, but as he walks down those steps and get into the car, Ray Liotta's face is he just puts his hand up in this like just a slow wave and his eyes are just like floodgates, dude. They're just holding back those tears. His eyes are so red because it sucks. You you know that if his wife were fucking dead, like he pushed her down the stairs or something after 40 years, that he would be like, oh, George, come on in. Let's have a cup of coffee. You know, he like he wouldn't give a fuck. He wouldn't care at all. But it's like, man, this this bitch has just got him by the by the fucking nuts, man. And it's it sucks because. It really, I, he's the one that I feel for most in this movie because like George has put him in such a tough spot where like he kind of has to be, whereas like it's usually two parents fighting and you have a child in the middle of it. You have a child and a parent fighting with another parent in the middle of that. It's an interesting dynamic. I was like, man, that sucks. I feel so bad for Ray Liotta. Um, especially it's just heartbreaking seeing him just about to fucking break down as he's leaving. But, um, George goes to the Panamanian government, tries to get, <clears throat> sorry, tries to get his uh, cash withdrawn, and they say there has been a what a national change in the national branch or something like that. There's some kind of uh, under new management, basically. Um, they say that the Panamanian government has appropriated his entire thirty million dollars in his account. Fucking, how many times have you gone? to check your bank statement and you're like, Oh fuck, I'm in the negative or like, Oh fuck. I have like, I have like way less money than I thought I did. Imagine going to the fucking bank and being like, I need my $30 million. And they'd be like, I can't give you 30 bucks out of that. account. <laughs> it's like, all gone. It's all gone. Oh, it's like the dude, I'm, I would, I think I'd probably throw up, man. I think I'd probably like, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a dead motherfucker. <laughs> like if I don't have this money, um, but yeah, they take all of his money. Um, Martha, uh, um, sorry, not Martha. Why did I say Martha? So I said Martha. Uh, Martha and George argue about money while Christina worries about them being split up. Um, I love this. This is also a throwback, like I said earlier, you know, not in front of the kid. Um, this is good. Just seeing that cycle getting repeated. Um, but I mean, she has such a crazy line, Emma Roberts. She's like, "What's happening to us?" I'm like, "You're like fucking nine. That is not something I asked when my parents had a fight when I was nine. What's going to happen to us?" I'm <laughs> like, "I never thought about that." Like, she's like contemplating like big world issues and existential, like you know, like I just picture her like Rorschach at the end of Watchmen, where she's like, "Oh, violent lives ending violently. Is this what becomes of us?" <laughs> Jesus Christ! Right? Like, she's just this. She's just a little kid who's just. Uh, like I, I, I always feel bad for the child in this situation, um, and I think Emma Robert, Roberts really wears it well. Like she wears the, the whole I 
I shouldn't be looking, but I am. I shouldn't be hearing this, but I am. And it's just kind of like, man, like I, I, I sympathize a lot with this character. She's kind of a cunt, though, you know? Like, she's a little cunty. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, it is it is perfectly legal, however frowned upon, to call, to call a child a cunt. But yep. it's perfectly legal. It is. Um, it is. Uh, but yeah, they, they continue to argue about money. She worries about them splitting up. Um, while on the road, Mirtha causes their car to be pulled over by the fucking cops. Dude, this shit is where, like, dude, I, I like... I gotta admit, if I were him, I'd probably take a swing at her at this point. Like, well, fuck it. You've already ruined my, you have ruined my life. Like, fuck it. I'm just, I'm just going to take a swing at you. Like, like the, the getting this whole thing between them is like a married couple boiling over to the point that she, she literally takes years off his life. I'm like, holy fuck, man. What did you think of this scene? (sighs) Heartbreaking. Short and sweet. All right, and getting back into it. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because like because man, like like this. I feel like okay. Look, the second half of this movie, I I feel like they crammed a lot in. Like they put there's a lot in here. Like there there is barely any time to to like breathe. Do you know what I mean? Like like we go we go from like from I I can't even tell you the sequence of events because I like I can't even like put it in my head right now. Like it's just so quick. Like it's like rapid fire shit, and I'm like, man, I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's like yeah, it's like he he gets caught. He skips bail. He gets you know they get you know they take his money. You know he gets arrested again. Three years passes. They're divorced. Now his relationship. It's like everything. But I, but I think that's part of the what comes up must come down. Like we saw this in the first half. Where it's like, you know, we moved to California. I met this hot girl. Now we're now we're selling weed. Now we're going to Mexico. Now we bought a house and blah blah. And everything happens quickly, but just as quickly as it comes, it can be taken away. That's that's what I love about it is right. the fact that right. when, the fact that this 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 tide swings both ways, just as strong in the other direction. And I'm like, I fucking love that about it. You know, um, when you're when you're up is never it's never as good as it seems, and when it's down, you it's like you're never gonna get back up again. I'm like that is such a good quote, man. I've said that so many times. It's 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 fucking brilliant. Um, but um, yeah, this is where she gets him fucking pulled over. Don't you ever touch me again, you motherfucker! Is a fucking drug dealer with a kilo of cocaine in the trunk. Oh like, boy. Oh fucking. Like God like a second ago, it, you were you were literally trying to hump him as as he, he was driving the car. Right, and saying like, "Oh, you let the egg I'll fuck you in the ass." So, like, you don't fuck me anymore. But I'm like, "Oh my god, man!" Like, oh, no wonder he fucking broke your nose. I'm sorry. Like, I hate to say that, but like, <laughs> fuck. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, dude, the, it, this is—it's a gut punch. That's it's a, it's a fucking gut punch every time I watch this, dude. Because as soon as she says it, like, I remember watching this for the first time with a group of people. And she says that, and I remember multiple people going, like, oh, my God. Like, she just ruined – it reminds me of actually in Goodfellas with Maury when Maury's like, you know, oh, I could have dropped the dime a dozen times, but I didn't, didn't I? And that's when he's like, Maury, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, shut the fuck up right now. Like, there, you might fucking get pissed and you might, like, be at ends and you might even try to kill each other, but you don't fucking rat each other out. Like, that is what's fucking crazy to me. Um. Right, it's all about loyalty, man. Right, exactly. Um, but we cut ahead three years. Um, Mirtha comes to visit George in prison and to tell him that they are getting a divorce. 
Um, there's someone else. Not that I think you care. And his face is just like, I don't. <laughs> like, he doesn't give a fuck. It's like, I'm not, I'm not three fucking Three years, you. though. Like, they got the divorce three years later. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they, they might have been, I don't know, I, like, they, not that it's super important, but, you know, they might have been trying to work it out. You never know. They got a kid and shit. I was like, all right, maybe they're trying to get this to work, but fuck it. Um, I mean, it's been three years. She's getting fucking her pipe stuff by somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, she said, we're getting a divorce. I'm taking custody of Christina, and you're going to pay child support. And that's it. Okay? And I love, you know, say something. He's like, what do you want me to say? You put me in here. Um, oh, that's George. Always thinking about yourself. And then her walking out of shot, and boom, there's Christina behind her. Like, oh, another fucking gut punch, dude. And Depp's face really says it all when he sees her, and he's just like, oh, my God. Like, I don't want her seeing me like this kind of thing. Because I, I got the impression that this is the first time that he's seen her since he's gone in. That's what it felt like, you know? Like like a, really? In three years, do you reckon? It's it's what it felt like. Because I don't know if that was something... <sighs> you gotta think, she gets him arrested for this shit, and it, 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 all, it all kind of like falls on her. I don't see them going to visit him for a while. You know, their relationship's rocky, now they're getting a divorce. Um, I don't see her going out of her way so that her daughter can have a good relationship with her father. Like, I just don't. She's kind of a bitch, to be com be completely honest. But I wouldn't say it's mm, the cheers. first time that they've seen it. I wouldn't say it's the first time, but this might be one in a handful of times that, that they've come to visit. Um, dude, when she says, I thought you couldn't live without your heart, Depp reacting to that, him staring, him him looking down and he stares up and Penelope Cruz, just like, if I could come across this thing right now, I would fucking eat your head. Like, I would destroy you. Like, it's palpable. This, yeah. And him, him slant, like, one of the scariest things about this movie to me is when actually, when he's, he's slamming that fucking phone into the glass, the look on his face is such of like, like, visceral snarl of hate and like anger and just like lashing out like it's 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 terrifying and like beautifully done at the same time it's you know it's what it reminded a, me of a, what's uh, that? it reminded me of um it, it's like well this is anger that's sort of anger in a different way uh ryan gosling and blade runner oh and he's like screaming yeah yeah i could see that i definitely could um he yeah god he's so good in that as well totally um I was actually really skeptical about that at first. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so finally George gets out. He's finally released from prison and begins to try and rebuild his relationship with his daughter. Um, you know, George says he wants to come and take her on the weekends. He wants to have custody. You know, you haven't, we, we haven't seen any alimony, not one cent. I love the way Penelope Cruz talks. Like, I'm not going to lie. I don't really find her all that attractive. She's How just not dare. my type. How I dare know, you? I know, I know. Um, but if I, I'd much rather take Barbara. Are you kidding me? Oh my god, that German redheaded girl who wants to sit around in, in the sun and smoke pot all day. I'm like, uh, you know what? That doesn't sound so bad. Um, I'll, I'll take the big titted Spanish chick. No worries. I'll take that bullet. <laughs> Well, fuck, I'd probably take Diego's wife before I'd take Penelope Cruz. She looks like one of the Kardashians. Um, I, oh, it's so weird. I didn't know Chloe, Chloe Kardashian had a cameo in this. Um, so try saying Chloe Kardashian cameo. I'm good. I'm not even going to say any of those names. Fuck those people. But yeah, um, so George is trying to rebuild this relationship. He gets in contact with Derek for real one last time, trying to set something up. Um, when he's meeting this guy at the bar, did you know who this guy is? Uh, no. 
I am like 99.99% sure this is Wangro from Heat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It is. It is 100%. Yeah, for sure. Because. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, yep, yep, yep. It absolutely is. I, I was wondering about that because, I mean, I was like, dude, he looks it just like. Yep, that's um, him. What's funny is they actually said when, when Wangro went in, like the real, the actor who played him, Kevin Gage is the actor's name. Um, when Kevin Gage actually went to prison, that they, everybody just called him Wangro. And he was like, he, he's like, nobody fucked with me in prison. Everybody loved blow and heat. So like nobody fucked with me. Everybody was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that must be nice. I heard that story. Um, yeah, I heard that story. Dude, he, he looks like a bad dude. <laughs> like he looks so fucking seedy. Yeah, nothing about his whole appearance is like, I make wise decisions. <laughs> like uh, everything everything right. everything about him everything about him looks like he's like, I've had to live in a car at some point. I'm like, I believe you. I believe you. But uh, but yeah, basically they set up another job and this is where we bump into Dooley again. Fucking Dooley, dude. Um the the crazy part is there is actually um a musician friend of Ted Demi's, whose last name is D-U-L-L-I, Dooley, just like this one. And he actually named this character after him. And what's funny is, uh, well, I guess not funny, when Ted Demi died, that musician dedicated his album to uh, uh, to Ted Demi, which was crazy. Um, guy died so young, too. He's like 38, had like a six-month-old kid. I was like, fuck, man. Like, that is super shitty. Um, but um, But, yeah, the crew sets up the job. Um, we get this conversation between, between George and his daughter. He's like, I'm thinking of going out to California. Um, you, would you want to come with me? You know, blah, blah, blah. I, I, this whole thing, you know, I promise I'll come over. I'll, I'll be there at three 30 to pick you up. And, uh, she's, he's like, I, you know, scouts on her, swear on my life. Or he, well, yeah, he says, scouts on her, I swear on my life. She's like, swear on my life. Like, Ooh. Oh man, that fucking she, cuts she's clever, deep, dude. She's a clever girl, <laughs> clever girl. Um, but yeah, this is where I mean, this is just kind of. I mean, we're kind of we're kind of coming towards the end here. We're wrapping down. Um, we, you know, everything. The what what is that saying? The end is the beginning. Is the end kind of thing? Like here we are right at the beginning of it again. Um, they get the coke. They come in. Yeah, pure Colombian disco shit, man. And George, goddamn, he's like, dude, Dooley, you saved my fucking life. He's like, the being that I'm so generous, you're all getting an extra 15%. George, that's an extra 200 grand. Like, these guys must feel like such shit by the end of this, man. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I I would too. Um, like, there'd be remorse, but I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the right thing. I mean, that's, that's my, that's my fucking philosophy i guess if i'm gonna be fucking plato over here on my little high horse <laughs> well i mean and also it's too it's too late to like pull back like they can't say oh hey guys not this one let's get the next one you know it's like that's not your call man right, like right. this this either this either happens now or or never um now when they take the knife dude i thought they were gonna kill him like i was just like yeah. oh shit they're gonna they're gonna snuff him out See, I, I thought that too. Like the first time I watched this, I was like, wait. So this whole thing, oh, federal prison inmate, that was him telling the story 10 minutes ago when he was in prison. And now we've moved on since then and they're about to fucking kill him because it's a really ominous shot. Like it's dumb on the table. He goes to the bathroom, it pans right. 
and then it pans back left, and you see him taking the and knife, did, and all, it's he's just, got the plastic set up in the back. Yeah, and it, just this really cryptic talk, like, man, I feel bad. Yeah, I feel bad too, but what's done is done. You're like, whoa, what the fuck does that mean, dude? Like, you're like what the hell's going on here? Um, Oh, God, and just the fact that he has no clue, and he comes back, hey, you know what I was thinking? I was remembering that time we flew to Mexico, you know, and, uh, you know, you remember that fucking landing strip? And it's like, dude, that's heartbreaking, like thinking about this time that means so much to him. And, and honestly, it means so much to us because this is where that's, it's just like Goodfellas at the beginning of this, this is that life that we get sucked into. And it's the Mexico, it's the Mexican life. It's this, it's this, you know, living in Acapulco that really sucked us in. So to hear him chatting this back up with this guy who he thinks is his friend, who he has no idea has fucking sold him out. Like, Jesus, that's, that's fucking so tragic, man. Like some Greek tragedy shit. Um, but George realizes, you know, why the long faces realizes that his knife is gone and fucking the jig is up. He knows what's going on. Um, <clears throat> I, I love this whole thing of him just being like, no, 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 no. And he's like, fuck not. And he doesn't even care about, I don't care about going to jail. I don't care about losing the money. I don't care about any of this stuff. It's the fact that I'm not going to be there to be with her. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's, it's the selfless sort of like the the dad thing right yeah exactly um i man this this is this is just fucking heartbreaking um you gotta work through that you gotta work through the emotion colin get through it mate (laughs) well this this whole thing of of him saying you know it didn't bother me being um and the way they all leave the way they all get up and then the spotlight hits him you know he's like um you know i was busted set up by the fbi and the dea uh that didn't bother me Set up by Kevin Dooley and Derek Farrell, but save their own asses. Uh, that didn't bother me. But sentenced to 60 years at Otisville, that didn't bother me. But what bothered me is that I broke a promise. I'm like, oh, just a shot of her outside. Like, dude, that is fucking so sad. Um, but, um, I mean, these monologues as well, dude. These fucking, like, so goddamn sad. Um, this guy that comes in with a tape recorder, do you know who that is? Uh, No. I'm pretty sure that's Ted Demi. Um, oh from, shit! Okay, I, I think I think he's got a cameo in this. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm like, oh, this guy does cocaine. No, yeah, no wonder he had a heart attack. He's kind of a fucking big ass dude. Like playing a basketball game, he's right, high right. on coke. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck do you think you were doing, dude? Um, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm almost like ninety percent sure this is Ted Demi, but. We see him trying to get this weekend furlough to visit his dad. His dad's sick. Uh, his mom says no way. She gets that shut down. So they have this um, they have this conversation with him. You know, reading it into the the tape recorder. And Jesus Christ! I mean, I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's so fucking long. But it's just him recounting all of this stuff. Um, going to work with my dad. It was the biggest truck in the world. I remember how important the job we did was. If it wasn't for us, people would freeze to death. I remember playing with tuna. I remember when I left from California, I only to come home with the FBI chasing me. Um, that was, uh, that was really something. You remember that? And remember when I told you that, remember when you told me that money wasn't real? Well, old man, I'm 42 years old and I finally realized what you were trying to tell me so many years ago. I finally understand you're the best, Pop. Just wish I could have done more for you. Wish I had more time. Anyway, may the wind always be at your back, the sun always upon your face, and may the wings of destiny carry you aloft to dance with the stars. Oh, man. 
fucking just like <laughs> like fucking just crying my eyes out over you. It's so fucking sad. Um, it is. It is sad. It is sad. But man, I I don't know. I feel I felt disconnected. I I didn't really. I didn't really sympathize with it as much as I should have, and I feel like I don't know. I maybe I was missing something. I don't know. Um, I just I wasn't on. I wasn't really on board with it as much as you are. God but damn! I can't you figure are out a why. Hearted bastard. I know. I know. I, I know. I know. Man. I know. It just it just gets me because this has been like the only person that's been in his corner the whole time. You know, Barb died. His mom betrays him, his wife betrays him, his friends betray him. And it's like, fuck, this is the only guy that's been in your corner consistently. It's like, that is fucking heartbreaking, dude. Um, right when you think that that's going to be like the emotional climax of this, we see like, what, 10 years later, he's fucking a lot older. He's gardening. And then we think this is Christina. And we're like, holy shit, she's coming to visit him and this is going to work out. And then it's nothing but like an illusion i was like oh my god and at first i was like is he losing his mind like is this where the movie's gonna go like he's just been in prison like shitting himself and losing his mind for the last 10 years um but um but she just like completely disappears and him being almost lost in that field and he's like oh i got a visitor today he's like not today george like oh god damn it that is sad it's pretty hard this monologue that, that got me Oh, okay. Well, good. I'm glad something gets you, you fucking ice princess. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, this whole thing at the end. Um, so in the end, was it worth it? Jesus Christ, how irreparably changed my life has become. It's always the last day of summer, and I've been left out in the cold with no door to get back in. I'll grant you, I've had more than my share of poignant moments. Life passes most people by where they're making grand plans for it. Throughout my lifetime, I've left little pieces of my heart here and there, and now there's almost not enough to stay alive. But I force a smile, knowing that my ambition far exceeded my talent. There are no more white horses or pretty ladies at my door. I'm like, fuck, man, that is, dude, that is fucking heartbreaking. And I, th I think that George Young wrote that. I think that's straight from his book that he was writing. Um, and we get this it last. Sounds, it sounds know, like something that was put on paper for sure. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and we see, you know, he's been sentenced to prison uh, until 2014, uh, and that Christina Sunshine Young has not yet visited her father. Um, and that's fucking blow, man. Boom. That's blow. Um, I tell you what, let me, I think we have a listener comment on this. I've got Facebook. Uh, I don't think we got any on Instagram. Um, I don't think we did. But, um, even if we did, I don't have my phone with me. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Way to come prepared, Zohab. Uh No, I, I'll just. Um, yeah. I'll just. I'll just read this one off of uh, Facebook that we got from Brooke Moss. Brooke, thank you for listening. Thanks for writing in. Um, Brooke Moss, I love this movie and thought the story was so tragic. I believe he's out of prison now. Um, he absolutely is. Uh, George Young was released sometime, I think, in like 2015 or 2016. It was actually funny. He gets out of prison, and as soon as he gets out of prison, he has to go to a halfway house for violating his parole immediately because he made some type that. of public appearance. Yeah, it's like he made some type of public appearance, and yeah, he was out in 2014, and then in 2016, he was arrested and booked for a month uh, just because he was doing some kind of promotional thing that was not cleared by his parole officer. 
Um, so it's not like he went back to smuggling drugs. That would be the shit if he went right back to smuggling drugs. Like, you really don't fucking get it, do you, dude? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, and it's the line. This really. Yeah, he's like, I just I can't I can't let it go. Um, this and this whole thing with um, this whole thing with his um, his daughter as well. Uh, I did read that after the movie came out, she did actually get in contact with him. And when he got out of prison, they started kind of forming a relationship. And in this interview, they asked George, like, how's your relationship with your daughter? And he's like, uh, he's like, and it's so sad. He goes, uh, that didn't pan out so well. Oh, man. And the interviewer, the, the interviewer is like, oh, OK. She's like, we don't have to talk about it. He's like, no. He's like, it was a big part of the movie and it's a big part of my life. And um, he said, you know, he said, I can't. I've asked her to forgive me for this so many times and she just won't. And he's like, and I, all I can do is really ask for forgiveness and move on with my life. And if she doesn't want to give that to me, I can't sit and spin on that for the rest of my life. He's like, I've got to move forward. He's like, I made a mistake. I got to own it and just keep, keep on keeping on. And I'm like, wow, like that, that is crazy. Um, and I mean, just words of wisdom, you know, it's like, I can't force you to forgive me. And if you're not going to, I'm not, even if you're not going to, that might still be my problem. And I've got to live with that. But that doesn't mean I have to sit and dwell on it anymore. You know, I, I, I don't forget that, but I don't have to sit there and relive that every day. And I'm like, damn, that's, that's, that's some powerful shit. Um, and I, and honestly, I hope something, you know, he's 73 or 75 years old. I hope they get something figured out before he dies. Cause I mean, dude smokes like crazy and has done a lot of drugs. So I can't, I can't see him living to like a hundred, you know, he does not look good, having... dude. I just saw a recent photo of him not looking good. Oh dude. He, he looks like a leather handbag. It's like, <laughs> God, he does not Pretty look much. good. He looks awful. Um, but, uh, you say we go ahead and plug some socials and get the, well, no, 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 Give me your closing thoughts. What am I doing? I'm trying to fucking jump the gun here. Yeah. Well done, genius. It's like, you never fucking podcasted before. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, look, like I said, this, for some reason, this movie didn't really connect with me as much as, I sh- as much as it should have. Um, I think, I think just it was at a disadvantage because I came to it so late. If I hadn't seen, uh, American made, if I hadn't seen narcos, if I hadn't, you know, looked into any anything else met in then maybe i would have liked it but i at at this time the only thing that's remotely interesting about this and if you take the Median side of it, if you take the Pablo Escobar side of it out of it, um, the relationship that George has with his daughter and the relationship that George has with his father are the only two things in this movie that I actually probably really, really like. Which is weird, but yeah, it's pretty fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like it's just because like the other elements are just done better in other things, and I'm not I'm not saying that that's a bad thing on this movie's part because this is uh, honestly this probably came first, like this you know 2001, and then you know like now we're going through this like crazy sort of like weird era where we're all obsessed with like the Medellin cartel and you know El Chapo and shit like that. So it did probably do it first, but. Yeah, again, just disadvantage of coming at it too late. Um, the way the story is told, you know, the Goodfellas vibe, again, it's just under that shadow of the Goodfellas vibe that I, I can't seem to just take it out of and I can't seem to separate myself from it. Maybe it's just because I've only seen it once. Maybe if I watch it again, I'll probably, you know, get that get that out of it. But I can't. Um, also, I bought this movie. <laughs> um, 
Oh, nice. Yeah, it was uh, available to rent or buy on iTunes. Uh, I think it was rent $3, buy $5. So I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to buy it, dude. <laughs> um but yeah, it was it was an, it was okay. Um, honestly, I'm not I'm not too high on it. Maybe I think I'll give it a I think I'll give it a six. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm actually I'm actually looking at some of this trivia right now, which is interesting. That the woman that plays George, uh, that Johnny Depp's mom, is six years younger than him, and that Ray Liotta is only like seven years older than Johnny Depp. Um, and um emma roberts she didn't see the movie till six years after it got released you know obviously um and this is actually her film debut as well which is interesting um that whole thing about the tape recorder that he leaves for his dad is actually verbatim um what what the real george young left for his dad um i fucking love this movie um i i think that it it shows the perfect example of trying to have your cake and eat it too the fact that the the you know this whole thing of almost like a scarface like the world is yours kind of thing um that there literally can be too much of a good thing and it 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 really it's it's a story of like tragedy in me for a sense because if he had just stayed in mexico said fuck it i'm just going to stay here i'm going to sell pot you know i'll i'll retire or even if he'd have just stopped when he got his ass beat um you know like i guess he was pretty much stopped um that's that's one thing that's a little bit different between the movie. I don't think they threw this big party where he got caught. Like he went right back to smuggling for Pablo Escobar when he cut ties with Diego. So it's not like he was out of the loop completely and he was completely clean. Like he was still selling drugs. I mean, he was smuggling. That's that's just what he did. Um, but I think that this movie handles a lot of those elements really well. Um, I think that. I think that we are supposed to be the we are supposed to be emotionally invested in this relationship with his father and his daughter because we see a generational like a generational thing like this guy is such a self-destructive like tornado of you know he treats himself like shit snorting all this cocaine but then also at the same time he puts himself and all the people around him in jeopardy constantly by doing this. Um, I was expecting at some point that there was going to be something with his parents, like the, 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 the or whatever the fuck, I'm going to butcher that. The, when the cart, I figured the cartel at some point was going to be like, Hey, if you don't do this, we're going to kill your parents or something was going to happen there. Um, it'd be funny if he's like, Hey, can you just kill my mom? Like, can you leave my dad alone? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, I, I love this movie. It's not as good as I remember it, but I think it's better than most people have given a fair shake at it. Uh, I know other things have done it better, but like there other things have done it better, but nothing, nothing really. There hasn't been a movie like this to chronicle one of the biggest times, except for Narcos. Um, but Narcos is more about what's going on, you know, below the, you know, um, in the the cartel, you know, right. It's, it's interesting to see how this person in America was able to do this and and go, you know, uncaught for so long. Um, so I, I definitely say it's like a seven, seven and a half out of 10. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoy this. And I just, I love the tragedy of the story. I love the, you know, just the excess and stuff, this American greed kind of thing. Um, that even when it's, 
white collar people or blue collar people or whatever, that greed will come down on your head like every single time. It doesn't matter. And, you know, maybe get out, you know, get out while you can and, you know, while you while you still have while you still have your head attached to your shoulders, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I say we go ahead and plug socials and get out of here. You cool? Hell that? yeah, dude. Let's do it. Awesome. Guys, if you want to check us out, you can find us on Instagram at Midnight Double Feature, on Twitter at MDF Pod. We're also on Facebook at Midnight Double Feature, and we have the group attached to that called The After Party. That's three words. Everybody's invited to that. You can also find us on YouTube. Just type in Midnight Double Feature. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on any major listening platform. Please stop by, ring, review us on iTunes. It keeps our bread buttered. It keeps our lights on here, uh, and it keeps the coke flowing through our veins. Um, <laughs> so, please stop by, rate, review us on iTunes. Uh, shoot us an email, midnightdoublefeature at gmail.com. Give us any questions, comments, uh, comments, concerns, any requests. I'd love to hear some re- more more requests from people. Um, but if you guys ever want to contact us at all, you can find us on there or find us on anything else. Uh, and stop by, rate, review us on iTunes. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Music